Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. The lines open 1-850-104-106. You can text 086-8104-106. The papers this morning are talking about Barry Cowan. They're talking about teachers. They're talking about pubs. They're talking about whether or not can overseas on holidays. Where to begin? Some of them are saying bring in retired teachers to help with the school reopening. It'll be un- impossible unless they bring in substitutes or bring back retired teachers like they were suggesting. And some did actually, retired medics and doctors came back for COVID-19 but uh, this is more of the confusion as the government tries to pick its way through uh, openings and uh, guidance issues with regards to many aspects I've just listed but Barry Cowan makes many of the papers this morning uh, in quite some detail it's been revealed that he was fined for speeding as a learner driver before the drink driving ban it was bad and just got a hell of a lot worse uh, and of course he will make a statement to the doll tonight on top of that somewhere this morning in the papers I read that he had a feral whack of driving expenses entered, uh, you know, that you can do that. TDs can claim back expenses for all sorts of stuff. But it was just interesting that uh, all of his travel expenses for, were for travel as a learner driver. He'll address the doll over his ban for drink driving and maybe the speeding issue as well some months before he was done for drinking and driving. He was done for speeding and we spoke with Michal Martin uh, and he says that, uh, you know, he's paid a high price for it. He's apologised very much in the public eye is in itself a form of penalty. He was annoyed and upset, well not upset but annoyed that uh, Barry Cowan had never said it to him uh, and the papers carry much of that today. There are a lot of other ministers making the papers incidentally. Roderick O'Gorman the children's minister has hit back of what he calls um, social media far right groups who are attacking him over a photograph of himself and uh, um, a British human rights activist called Peter Tatchell at Dublin Pride in 2018. Uh, This is the guy who in 97 wrote a letter to the Guardian newspaper about underage sex Um, and Roderick O'Gorman has said that I met Peter Tatchell once and took a photograph and it was the only time ever. Um, Other politicians of course make the papers also because the new children's minister, same guy, uh, says that um, it should be made easier now for children under 16 to be able to change their gender with the consent of their parents or guardians and a GP. Uh, the pubs dominate many of the papers and the opening of pubs a uh, little later in July will remain under review and much of it because of the carry-on and the stupidity at the weekend. By and large in Dublin, although some said that... Um, you know, Saturday night in Cork City was nothing to write home about either. Either, But with pub opening times maybe pushed back to sometime in August, we don't know. But they are saying that 22,000 people working in pubs will lose their jobs so they'll never come back. Yesterday morning, of course, the vintners were telling me, um, Michael was telling me that... Um, 60% of pubs on Leaside have not reopened and uh, you know many of them are so small they wouldn't even be able to reopen with physical distancing come July 21st but the Echo is a lovely story talking about the positive start first week in with regards to pints being enjoyed with food on the street inside in pubs and on rooftop bars as well um, that's the story regarding uh, Clancy's new addition uh, on the roof of the pub the beer garden there foreign travel is being extended until July 20th in the sense that you shouldn't go and they'll review it again then and at some stage maybe around then they may well public, publish a list of safe countries that you can go to but we were expecting that this week we will not get it this week it was cancelled yesterday at the cabinet meeting but the independent this morning quotes medics who are saying that a second wave of COVID-19 is inevitable if this kind of parting and silliness continues. Meanwhile the chief medical officer Tony Houlihan is going to be awarded with the freedom of the city of Dublin um, and many people I think would agree with that and an extraordinary chase in 
in the papers this morning. The examiner today has uh, Liam Healan copy on a 21-year-old man who allegedly fired shots from a pellet gun uh, at a Garda, and apparently he struck the Garda in the arm with a pellet gun. He was eventually tasered and stopped. They, they, they lay down all sorts of obstacles to try and stop his car, uh, but eventually, having crashed through the toll booth barrier at Watergrass Hill, he was eventually stopped, a fellow by the name of Tammy Manna, and he was brought before court district court on firearms charges yesterday, and also I think he took a car without the permission of the owner. Papers also talked today of a big seizure by the Criminal Assets Bureau, with the Red Tops talking of this, and the mirror goes through a fairly lavish lifestyle of the characters who they went to visit. I mean, extraordinary amounts of overseas holidays, uh, and uh, they had all sorts of searches and search warrants for uh, this um, organisation up in County Longford, and they raided caravans. They were buying and selling horses and had a roof repair business, but they got 11 vehicles, including a Mercedes and a Ford Ranger, 110 grand and 14 grand, 110 grand and 14 grand in two different stashes of cash. They had, um, all of this from caravans, uh, power washers, expensive watches, expensive handbags, and very expensive footwear. Question will be asked as to how did you get all this on limited income? And then apparently because of COVID-19, there's been a real dip in sexual assaults, or at least those being reported uh, to the Gardaí and those that are being reported and referred to sexual assault treatment units. 39% the dip over the coronavirus. And then heading for court later this week will be the residents and the um, group of residents who got together to try and start sort out the nightmare that is uh, living in and around Cork City Colleges, uh, University College Cork, um, particularly. So the complaints by residents against a particular landlord for noise uh, will be heard at uh, Cork Six Circuit Court on Friday. It'll be before Judge Olin Kelleher. So that's going to be interesting. He'll take no nonsense on that one. Debenham staff dominate the papers as well. Today, they successfully stopped stock being removed from the stores. Um, yesterday, two Arctics went in, uh, but didn't get anything. Uh, weren't allowed to get in, if I um, read it correctly, but I will come back to that story. A lot of stuff from the courts then, including a young boy who sued uh, a subway through his parents. His case for 60 grand worth of damages for a cut lip uh, were thrown out of court yesterday. The judge said nice things about the lad. He says he seems like a, a lovely young fellow, but the uh, court case um, was uh, thrown out and uh, they have to walk away. I don't know, story with, with costs. The death of Inio Morricone makes the papers, of course. We heard this breaking yesterday at the age of 91. He left a farewell message, apparently, which was read by his solicitor upon his passing. It said, I am Inio Morricone and I am dead. I don't want to make a fuss. But we know of all of the music, of course, that we can associate with uh, the the same man. He had something like 250 different music scores. In fact, for movies, in fact, I think that figure was probably even higher. The Good, the Bad and the Ugly, A Few Dollars More, Fistful of Dollars, um, lots of other ones like that, The Hateful Eight. But for me, it was the mission. I mean, I'm going to put together a montage of his music a little later on. And then just finally, back to uh, teachers and COVID-19 and teachers who are not able to go to school, but suppose supposedly working, as I'm sure many of them were. I was reading in the Telegraph of the weekend of a head teacher. It's very unfortunate because in the period that she was head teacher, I don't know, over a 10-year spell or something like that, she turned it from, you know... Um 
a Z-list school to an A-list school. But she gave a radio interview um, back at the end of last week to her radio station in her region of the UK, a BBC radio station, where she called some of her teachers lazy. She said some are working, but others are just doing absolutely nothing. And she said there's very little you can do about it because they've got unions backing them up and all sorts of stuff like that. Well, when the Board of Governors heard about this, uh, she was suspended pending a hearing um, it made all of the newspapers and I'm not so sure what's the update on this head teacher she doesn't hold back actually and that's probably why she turned the school around but suspended for criticising her lazy staff The Neil Prenderville Show with Tesco I'm end up online simply log on to tesco.ie Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. You can text 0868104106. It is now 89 days since Debenhams went bust and all of the staff in Patrick Street and Maham Point and other places as well like Dublin were told they no longer have jobs. But the uh, campaign and the picket continues. Yesterday was a big day for them and today is an even bigger day because I think Mick Barry TD is going to raise it in the doll later on today. Uh, but Valerie Conlon, the mandate shop steward from the Patrick Street store joins me by phone. Valerie, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Good. What happened yesterday? Well, there was two trucks bombed it down the lane yesterday. Tried to knock... Uh, bombed knock it? Uh, yeah, bombed it. It's the only way to describe it. Uh, did try to... Uh, would have nearly gone through a passerby, a private person, but he didn't. He stopped and kept beeping his horn until the, the person uh, stood aside and they came in here yesterday trying to take concession stock. So where would they have been entering from? Is it Parnell Place? No, we it, we call it the lane. You know the lane just before Merchant's Key Car Park, in between the back. Oh of yes, toys. yes, yeah. yes, yes. That little lane up the side of Smith's Toys. Yes. So are you saying that he was trying to make a trying to run the gauntlet? Well, yeah, they, they actually drive up that lane very fast anyway. But yes, he he would have he would have if we weren't standing there. And what happened oh, next God. then? He saw you there, so clearly you had to stop. Well, they did. They saw us. Um, they got through the barrier. We had no choice but to let them through the barrier. I did speak to one of them, and I told them that when he got out of the van, I said that you're after uh, passing the official picket. It really didn't bother him. Um, they said they were doing a job, and that was it. But um, later on that day, then, they asked me to phone the person stock who it was, and we, I told them we weren't moving, that the stock wasn't allowed to leave the store. So they had to empty the trucks again and they came over and asked us would we leave. I said, once the trucks are empty and I can check the trucks that the trucks are empty, then you can leave the service yard. So they left yesterday. How many trucks? Five. Two. One, lar- one about 20 foot and one just uh, one van. And you clapped them as they left? We clapped them as they left, we did. Jeez, it must yeah. be very tough. Like You're like 80, no, 89 days shot and I'd say nearly as many picketing. Is that right? Yes, yeah. It's eight weeks pe- picketing. Um, yes, so it is. It's tough, but you know what? Now I have great girls here. They, you just have to give them a buzz, and they're in here. The amount of people that came down yesterday when they heard what was happening it was amazing. So the support that we're getting from the staff and the support that we're getting from the public is just amazing. And how in. how often do the trucks try and go in and out? No, I, yesterday was uh, probably the first day that there was a truck trying to come in. We obviously, because the service yard is also serving uh, Marks and Spencers and Super Value, we're letting those trucks in. We're not stopping them because at the end of the day, they have to do their business. Uh, we are kind of asking trucks now at this stage because of yesterday where they're going. And um, so there's a constant, constant trucks coming in. We just stopped another truck crunch, uh, van coming in there now for Debenhams. 
he was trying to come down the lane and uh, we stopped him so he went off in his Murray way. Okay. What do the guards say about all of this? Well, the, the guards did come down and just gave us a visit yesterday. They're totally behind us. Uh, they understand what we're doing. We're not causing trouble. Uh, we haven't broken any laws. So they just came down, gave us a bit of advice just to be careful and they went away then again yesterday. Was there a time when a truck was, or some vehicle was trying to get cash out of Debenhams? That's right. That was the day that we'd done our first protest outside the Bank of Ireland. Just as we were finishing, the, we got a call from the girls that were down here on the lane at the time saying that they were trying to take cash out. So that was a four and a half hour standoff. Uh, we had to, The guards asked us that day to stand aside they did kind of threaten that there could be arrest, and uh, so we had to leave that that go that day. But there's still cash there. There's still cash in the store. They didn't get it all. And is there somebody there all of the time? In in the sense that, how do you know when a track a truck is coming? If is there someone there all the time? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. Reminds me of Vita Cortex, to be honest with you. I know. As we've been told that. We've been told that. So, and, yeah. thing, and things worked out reasonably good for them for digging in. Well, keep your fingers crossed that the same will happen with us. Okay, big a big development today will be Mick Barry TD, who in fairness to him has been on the protest with you many times, right? He's, he was here yesterday giving his support. Okay, well he's going to bring it up in the doll today. Let's see what he's got to That's say right. on that. Mick, good morning. Good morning to you, Neil. What's the plan today? The plan today is to uh, raise the issue of uh, Debenhams in the Dáil and I hope to have a direct exchange with the Taoiseach on that and I'll be raising three points with him. They are? Well, the first one is a simple one. Um, The the workers first requested to have a meeting with him either face-to-face or by Zoom more than two months ago. And I think the time is... Which Taoiseach though? This is uh, Michal Martin. Yeah, so the, but, but the but the, old, the meetings that they wanted were probably with Leo Varadkar, were they? Yeah. No, uh, they first requested a meeting with Michal Martin. Okay, okay, uh, thank in you. Early May, two months ago. Okay, and they've been waiting two months for that, and I think it's high time um, that Michal Martin had either a Zoom meeting or a socially distanced face-to-face meeting with these Devon workers here in Cork. Okay, okay. second point. Second thing is, uh, the state needs to intervene uh, in this situation. They cannot stand idly by, fold its arms, and say that this has nothing to do with us. There are at least three of the stores, which are profitable stores, including the store in Mahan, in Michal Martin's constituency. Um, if there wasn't a rent of three and a quarter million a year on the Patrick Street store, that would be a profitable store as well. So the state needs to intervene to do one of two things. Number one, as part of the July uh, stimulus, um, uh, take over some of the profitable shops and maintain the jobs, or at the very least, to intervene to ensure that there is a decent redundancy package for these workers, some of whom have 30, 40, 50 years of service, but who are being asked to survive on the bare minimum statutory redundancy of two weeks per year of service, paid for, by the way, by the Irish taxpayer, and not so, by Debenhams. So Debenhams are still d- refusing uh, to cough up anything? Yeah, Debenhams are trying to strip the assets yeah. out of the country yeah. by taking control of the online business, which is very lucrative and profitable. Yeah. Uh, they're trying to take the stock, but, but they've got issues with that. Uh, and they're trying to leave behind uh, the debts, including a debt to the taxpayer to pay the workers a bare minimum payment. I gotcha, I gotcha. But the state isn't going to get into the retail business and take over stores, Mick. 
Well, um, there's what's described as a July stimulus uh, being presented uh, to the doll probably next week, where the state will decide uh, which jobs and industries it's going to uh, intervene to try and prop up and save and which ones they're going to leave go, right? Um, the idea of the state taking over sections of the retail business, I uh, understand, does seem a bit far-fetched. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of things that would have seemed far-fetched and impossible three months ago before the virus, like rent freezes, like bans on evictions, like, um, you know, um, uh, uh, health care on the basis of uh, medical need rather than... The, even the, the government jumping in, even the state jumping in, paying wages would have been unheard of before, yeah. Yeah, so the impossible is now possible, and this should at least be considered. And if the state isn't prepared to go there, at the very, very least, there needs to be an intervention to make sure that there's proper redundancy payments for these workers. And that's my second point of the three. OK, but, but well, there are three points there. The meeting, state intervention to take over the retail and a proper redundancy package. There are three, right? No, the, uh, the, the, the third point, uh, that I, I'm coupling the uh, redundancy package and the saving the jobs together. The third point is there needs to be a fast tracking of legislation which will protect workers' interests in situations where companies go into liquidation. You remember more than five years ago, there was a situation in England with Clearies, and it was promised afterwards that there would be laws brought in so that no group of workers would ever again be treated the way the Clearies workers were being treated. And here we have it today, in the 2020s, with the Debenham workers. Could I just ask you, you, okay, legislation to change that. Could I just ask you a question here? If Debenhams can't be forced to pay any redundancy and do the right thing, is it in in Ireland? Is is statutory redundancy for everybody who doesn't get help from the company that went bust two weeks for every year of service? Yeah, that's the minimum statutory redundancy, and it's paid by the state from the state social insurance. Fund. And there used to be a time when private companies then that went bust would have enough money, you would hope, to be able to supplement that. Is it? Well, under the liquidation laws here, um, there's a hierarchy of creditors, which basically means there's a pecking order in terms of who gets uh, the proceeds from the sale of um, uh, the stock. So um, the banks are in ahead of the workers. The taxman is in ahead of the workers. Other business creditors are in ahead of the workers. Workers are not at the bottom of the list, but they're near the bottom of the list. But they're below banks' revenue and creditors. Uh, and some creditors, yes. Yeah. Okay, like I can remember years and years ago, a very big hotel went bust in Cork and it gave eight weeks redundancy for every year of service. We're miles from that now, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a scandalous situation. And, and the other thing that needs to be done uh, to change the liquidation laws would be to, pr- to prevent a company putting all their uh, assets and their uh, profitable parts into one company and then hiving off all the losses into another company and uh, uh, closing that, uh, leaving the state and the taxpayer to pay the uh, redundancy package. Okay. Which is, uh, which is uh, you know, kind of what happened at Cleary's and what is happening now in Debenhams too. Okay, to ho- ho- hold on there, Mick, because I want to ask you about one or two other topics before I let you go. But, but Valerie, did, did you ever think of going and picketing whatever, wherever the Debenhams headquarters is in the UK? Well, we can't fly at the moment. Yeah, um, yeah. We we went to Dublin to when they were bringing uh, the conference at the convention centre the Saturday before we were even allowed uh, travel that far. So we kind of we stuck our necks out then. So maybe, hopefully, I know there is talk like we're going to Derry um, um, for Friday to do a protest outside the Derry one of the Derry stores. 
um, some of the mandate members. So England isn't too far away, I'd say. So maybe we will be doing that as okay, well. Okay, all right. Well, we'll stay in touch with you, Valerie. Thanks so yeah. much for taking the call. Okay, 89 yeah, days in you. and it does not stop. Make I know there are other things happening in the Dáil today, including Barry Cowan, who's going to speak. He's going to go through issues involving his drink driving and now apparently also this speeding conviction. What are your thoughts on that? Will he make his apologies, be contrite, and everybody will move on? Uh, well, I don't think a statement is enough because in the last all, when a minister got into hot water, for example, the Francis Fitzgerald issue uh, at the time of the uh, Garda Morris McCabe case, the minister would come in and uh, make a statement, but then also... Uh, have to answer questions that were by various deputies. And I think it's um, a poor start for the new government uh, in terms of being open and transparent about things that Barry Cowan gets to make the statement but doesn't have to uh, answer the questions from the other deputies. I was watching... What would you ask him? I would ask him about the provisional licence, I think. Um, I saw uh, a woman on the 6-1 News last night uh, who basically said that, okay, he um, um, uh, did the crime and there was a punishment for that which was paid. Uh, but uh, why was he on the provisional license and was he accompanied in the car at the time uh, 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 by someone else in the car? When he, w- when he was stopped for drink driving, there was somebody in the car with him, yes. Was there? There was, yeah. He said that, or saw it at the weekend, yeah. He wasn't alone at that, uh, at, uh, on that occasion. Okay, well, that's, that's uh, an interesting point. Uh, I, I, think, I think points would come up about the provisional license as well as about the, uh, the, uh, the uh, uh, drinking. Uh, but I think it's going to have to be the media who ask those questions because we're not going to have the opportunity. Does it make it, it worse that there was a speeding conviction, do you think? Uh, well, it doesn't make it better, does it? No, it doesn't. But is it is it a resignation issue? Is it a sacking issue if he's damn good at his job, apparently? Um, I'd like to see what is said today. And I know that some of the um, groups of mothers and parents and campaigners who've had people who've lost their lives as a result of drunk driving want to see more questions answered uh, before they make the call in relation uh, to that. And I certainly want to see more uh, answers, uh, uh, questions answered okay. uh, in relation to this. Okay, let's see what he has to say later on. That's like late this afternoon or this evening or something, is it? It'll be this evening, Neil, yeah. Okay, appreciate that. Okay, good luck today with the Debens and Debenham issue when you get on your feet. Thanks for taking the call, Mick. Thanks, Mick, Neil. Mick TD. Morris says Barry Cowan should resign and there are indeed questions about his provisional license status and why he was uh, he has one at that age on a provisional license at 49. But you won't hear the Healy Rays complaining about his drink driving. The message is clear from the Agriculture Minister by his actions. It's okay to drink and drive. The Minister is just saving face by giving token hollow apologies and he should be gone. Uh, lucky a high number of people have died from drink driving in this country and he was lucky he was stopped. Otherwise, he could have killed someone. Also, it's a great pity you didn't ask our new Cork Taoiseach about getting rid of the Dáil Bar and the many TDs who frequent it, says Morris. Well, that's a very good question, but in the time that I had, you can only get through so many questions and you do the best you can. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 
They've launched the funky new tracker app in Ireland. It's launched today. You can download it for free on your mobile phone. You need to have your location turned on and your Bluetooth turned on, and then it tracks you everywhere you are, who you come in contact with. And apparently, they'll much like other apps that are going on around the world, they'll be able to tell if you've been in close proximity with someone who has contracted or is showing symptoms of COVID-19. I mean, you may say that it's too little too late, but it's one way of knocking this on the head fully, uh, downloading the app. So we'll have some more details on what that's all about a little, around this, little later on this morning. It's very punter-friendly. I've seen some uh, screenshots of it this morning. It tells you the amount of people that have checked in and downloaded the app, 52,500 already. 99% of them are feeling good and 1% are showing some symptoms. They also tell us the amount of confirmed cases, 25,500 in Ireland, and the uh, deaths so far, one so far, 1,741 souls. Uh, so more on that across the morning this morning. Um, at least there's some sort of balance with regards to Barry Cowan's predicament. The man is human. We all make mistakes. It's a witch hunt because of the party he represents. The man was very apologetic. People need to get off his back. None of us are perfect. Uh, and another one here, Phil, says, My God, would the, would the lynch mob ever stop, please? I don't know the man from Adam, but people make mistakes. Should they not be allowed to get on with their lives. We're very quick as a nation to judge people. For God's sake, leave it go. We have more pressing matters that we should be worried about, says Phil. Let's get some calls on that from loyal listeners. Dave is standing by. First up, John, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Okay, so at least there's a bit of balance there, notwithstanding that people have lost their lives to drunk drivers. I understand that. Go ahead. I listened to your conversation yesterday with Michal, and uh, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt that he knew nothing, but he now knows plenty. Mm. So what's he going to do about it? This has to be revisited now, Neil. And Barry Cohn doesn't get the chance to resign. He should be fired. As 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 uh, an example to anybody else. Well, I asked him yesterday, we, we, would he fire him? And he said, no. He says he's well, made, he made a mistake. Well, he's paid the price. Move on. No, no. What price did he pay? He drew money for travel expenses while he was off the road. No, he, he, he drew a hefty few thousand euro, actually, while... You know, yes, year in, while on a provisional license. No, he drew money for the time that he was t- technically off the road. Oh, I see. Spends, the three months. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He drew. He drew money, and now that's that's a firm commitment to to breaking the law. No, if this is the not necessarily who, if somebody else drove him during that three month ban. Ah, uh, but you're whole other way. No, we're getting into the unknown now. <laughs> okay. Look, if, okay. if 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 he drove after alcohol on a provisional license, which he can't do, because we have professional drivers out there, guys who drive uh, commercial vehicles and outing. We can't have any alcohol, not even one point. Mm. Mm. No, he's a government minister. He knew full well that when his salary was hitting his bank account, that he was getting paid for stuff that he wasn't entitled. You seem more bothered about him drawing expenses than you do about him oh, being held oh, no. to the highest accountability in the land as a member of the Oireachtas. No, no, oh, oh no, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually, I'm actually furious about it, about the whole, about the whole thing. But he's only one of many who have pulled, twisted, and dragged uh, laws uh, around the place and got away with it. So him right didn't get away with it though. He far from got away with it. The boys in blues five zero pulled him over, bagged him. Yeah, yeah. Well, what, but what did he get? Three months. Just people after getting two years off the road and five years off the road. And what about the kids that are going to to work every day, apprentices and young nurses who are on a provisional license because they're living off off the beaten track, can't get a bus to their job, pulled out of the car, and uh, we've seen all the videos put up by the police. 
the cows were confiscated. They were, yeah. That's it. That's an extraordinary thing because, uh, you know, unless there's some sort of special dispensation, if you stop by a guard, I'm a TD on a provisional license and they let you go on. I don't know. But you'll listen. We've seen, we've seen, look. Callanan got points and they were all squashed as well. He was the commissioner. Now, if he's not going to set an example, uh, how would you expect anybody from there down to... There was a huge scandal regarding squashing penalty points. Uh, I know know of a few people who actually had them squashed as well. Um, No no relations, but I know of distance people who I came in contact with over the years who were able to, with the the nod from a cop, got rid of it, you know? Yeah, this is a complete and utter staff. And if we're going to have people uh, appointed as ministers... Uh, with this hanging over them. Uh, All right, hold on there and move around a little bit. David? Dave? Good morning, Neil. Okay, you, you're not concerned about the couple of points, no? No, not really, no. Not, not too much. Uh, that, that was a good point that John and I made earlier regarding, like, what? getting the, tra- getting the travelling expenses. Well, why aren't you, like somebody on the air said that for somebody of his size, uh, two points before a match, going to a match, having a meal, all of those yeah. hours, that surely it would have been more than two points. Well, well, we're led to believe that he had two points. Well, okay, so you're not bothered by two points. Would you have been bothered by four points? I would, I certainly would, yeah. And, uh, I mean, uh, like, you know, like some people could have two points or three points and and they could stagger. Another person could have ten points and you wouldn't even know they had it taken one drink. So it all depends on the person's build and what they eat and their, you know. Their, but having said that, like, he had two points and... Uh, he went to a match, I suppose that was two hours. He had a meal, I suppose another hour, that's three hours. So you'd imagine with, with the meal and the match and the two points, that by the time he got back into the car. But that's what people are saying. He still failed it in spite of the story. Yeah, but, but I, I, don't, I, I wouldn't say he would have been a whole lot over as such, like with two points and having a big meal. So. But, the, but the limits are the limits, aren't they? They're there for all yeah. of us, right? But were the limits, were they, were they the same limits so four years ago as they are at the present? Were they, weren't they changed? They were changed, yeah, for for lower for for lower blood alcohol limits. There was a lesser there was a lesser penalty. I don't know if that was around in two thousand sixteen, but that doesn't matter really. The limit no, he no, failed it. That, I mean, I, mean I, I don't think uh, I wouldn't say a person with a meal aside in them is 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 it really incapable of driving a car with two points. But it has to be the same. It has to be the same for everybody, and that's why they have drink driving levels. The drink driving levels don't matter what what size you are, or how quickly you process the alcohol through your system. He, he was caught, and he was he was fined, and he was put off the road. So it was. So but tell me, why why was it kept quiet? No, there was a, there was another there was another woman uh, some years ago that uh, she wouldn't be uh, anywhere friend of mine or anybody that I would be looking up to. Claire Daly, Claire Daly was like out of her car and handcuffed. Well, like I mean, he he said he should have he should have told me all math at the time. Well, I, I would imagine if 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 any worker tomorrow morning was caught with two points and ended up in court, I don't I don't very much if they're going to go along on Monday morning into work and tell their boss. That day, ah, but you would tell your boss, like, you, you really well, would. Well, I don't know. A lot of people wouldn't, they'd say, Neil. But, no, listen, but, we have a situation here now where we have drivers who have been caught, stopped the morning after, and who have lost their jobs driving, lost their okay. homes because they couldn't pay their mark. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. are we supposed yeah. to bend over back? Listen, the people in this country have been played like a yo-yo. And then, and, and then like, me and Nelson now, has the balls to sack this guy. Forget about, forget All right, to move around there. It's not a great line, John. You see, that Mio Martin needs to have the balls to sack him. 
sack him. There's right. no such thing as resigning. Sack him. Okay. Set in the, set in the well, well, oh. well, Neil, I'd be more concerned about the, 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 the other aspect of the, uh, the, the, the driving. Like, he was accompanied uh, uh, the day he was copper drink driving. But he was driving 100 kilometres to walk to the dial four days a week. Yeah, I know. And I don't very much if he had someone in the car with him for, for, for four months going to the dial. So, and, and, and as well as that, how can you, surely when you, when you get a provisional licence, aren't you then supposed to apply for your driving? I mean, how many times can you keep on applying for provisional licences? Yeah, but well, it's, it's surely, it's, surely, it's, surely the Royal State should not be asking questions as to why he's not doing his test. Okay, all right. Right. Okay. All right, one at a time, just to finish, just finish up, John, yeah. Listen, did, did he have L plates up in the car when he was driving? I don't know. That's another good yeah, question. Well, 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 he's supposed to, isn't he? The same as everybody else. I mean, there's no point in the people out on the streets trying to keep the law and True. trying to do the right True. thing, difficult and all as it is. And we have guys above there that are living on the fat of the land and they're doing as they please, like feudal landlords. So he, he technically should have had L plates up all his driving life. Absolutely. Amazing. Absolutely. Forgot all and, about that. And, yeah. even, and even after he passed his test, he should have put up the other place. The end place. Showed that no. he was a novice driver. And, okay. and getting, getting back the day that he was caught drinking, was his passenger the guy? Was he after having a few points as well? And if he was, and if he was the designated uh, main driver that was keeping an eye on him, he wasn't in either. Because you can't. The, well, that the, we don't know. That we don't know. Well, you see, we're into the unknown with this guy. We don't know or not. We're getting half the story. Okay, half let me get some more calls on it. But you for, sure, you, you for sure, you for sure, are saying that Michael Martin should sack him, and Dave is Go saying that he's more concerned about the, pen, by the about the provisional license than the drink driving conviction. Appreciate that, gentlemen. How did Barry Cowan only get three months uh, off the road? I thought it was a mandatory two years off the road. Says Anthony. Uh, Barry Cowan got a two hundred euro fine and three month driving ban. I wonder if this is an or if it was a normal person, what would they get? Uh, to answer your question, the first provisional license is two years, the second is two years, you can then get an emergency third provisional license that is valid for one year own and if and only if you have a driving test booked after that, you can't have been driving without a license. Don't know anything about that. I, thank you for that. I mean, I don't know whether it was, you know, 2016 was it the same. First license, two years. Second license, three years. Uh, two years again. And then the third provisional for one year. Uh, would you ever move on from the Cowan story? I'm sick of these cranks on the air. Aren't our lives miserable enough now? Is there any good stories out there for a change? Life is too short, uh, says Mary. Uh, text 0868104106 on that and lots more besides. There are many other texts from yesterday's program. We'll plow through them. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at NeilRedFM. Uh, some more text then from uh, this morning and indeed uh, yesterday. If Barry Khan was sorry for what happened, how come Michal Martin didn't hear about it until Friday last? If he had, if he didn't know that about his own front bench, what else does he not know about? Uh, the Taoiseach answered nothing. Uh, Michal was acting like he'd only been in the decision-making room for a week. Who does he think is fooling? The only person he's interested in helping is himself, says Gillian of Mitchellstown. Not everybody would agree with that, actually. Uh, there's an interesting one here. says, will you please congratulate me hall on behalf of the people of Cork please don't knock our own we are great in Cork for that says Kathleen um, what's he going to do to up his game with regards to mental health services there are mental health issues coming down the line big time 
following the COVID pandemic. You never said a true word. Um, you asked him about Barry Cowan and Billy Kelleher, and you really didn't get an answer. Just waffle. Uh, all they seem to have to do, TDs, is apologise. Um, there are double standards here. My daughter has L-plates on her car, as her sister is a learner, and she's using her car. She has been stopped by guards many, many times and asked for her licence. Did Barry Cowan get any hassle from the guards? Any other personal or provisional would get a lifetime banded. Uh, regards, says Martina. Um, please uh, uh, pick up on this if you can, just as because Michal has just as much responsibility to make himself aware of Barry Cowan's driving conviction. The new Taoiseach of a country, and he's representing the public body. He should have known everything inside out about the new people he was appointing to his cabinet. They are both at fault. Cowan should have been more forthcoming, and all this hassle wouldn't have been made such a big deal about. One or two more. Michal and Fianna Fáil should have known about Barry Cowan's drink driving. It went to court. It would more than likely be in his local paper and those voting for him in the area would have known it. It sounds to me that Michal is putting... And then on the, the Ryanair and not being able to get your money back because you can't go on halls or you won't go on halls and you've been told not to go on halls. sounds as if Michal is putting pressure on the airlines, suggesting they liaise with the customers who don't want to travel for the rest of the summer and give them vouchers or refunds. He said it on the air with you. I wonder how the likes of Ryanair will respond to that. It's back and forth with no real leadership from the Taoiseach regarding this. I suppose you are dealing with a private company, you see, and the problem is they will keep on saying the airplanes are flying, they can land in the country that you booked. If you don't want to go, not our problem. Uh, I found extremely unfortunate that a text I sent in yesterday for a question for the Taoiseach was unable to be put to him. But Michal, uh, when you're on the topic again, I understand time is an issue, but this issue is the one is one that the public seems to be unaware of because unlike our teaching colleagues, SNAs, special needs assistants, are genuinely putting special needs students first and working through summer in camps and July provision. It would be interesting to hear the Taoiseach's response because he was Minister for Education in 2000. I think what's interesting about that, and I think I have the stats and the numbers for it somewhere. I think Seamus gave them to me. There are three different tiers of payment for the July provision. You know, teachers get X amount of pay, SNAs get a lower amount, and there's even a third one. And I think the, the, the higher tier of money being paid for um, July provision for special needs for teachers is quite high. I mean, you could be talking about over a grand a week if they do eight hours a day, five days a week. And I'm just wondering, is that on top of the teacher's salary that's been paid through the summer as well? And then one or two more. I know a girl who had a conviction, which is stopping her from being housed. She's been homeless for the last three years with two kids. Yet Mihal can appoint a minister with a conviction. Country's a joke. Varadkar was incompetent, but uh, your conversation with Mihal was horrendous. He let himself down, tap dancing around, not giving you a single clear answer. Um, oh, listen, there was a lot of complimentary things said about yesterday's uh, interview with Mihal as well. If you don't mind, I won't read them out, but thank you for saying them all the same. Um, with regards to, uh, oh yeah, and back to the travel, is Michal Martin running the country or is it Michael O'Leary? The government are, as usual, giving no clear guidance on travel. They're encouraging people to stay at home, yet they're still allowing airlines to fly, costing consumers thousands of euro. Uh, as it results in airlines flying empty planes as nobody's traveling to places with COVID. Uh, if you could please remind him uh, that those of us he is, uh, th- 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 could you please remind him that those of us he is costing thousands will not forget about this when we get a chance to vote again, says Daniel. Well, if I heard that once, I heard it a million times. But yet we seem to continue to vote Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael back into government.
Okay, so welcome back to all of that. Yesterday, I also touched on this ever-growing campaign to extend maternity leave by an additional three months uh, for women who gave birth during COVID-19. And there was a lot of calls and texts on it. One in particular, Kate the Magnificent, as she's been called, who said that in a matter of days, she was back into her size 8 jeans, she wasn't eating for two, and she was back in the gym, and she was telling women who had babies, just get back to your normal life, get on with it, and don't be dilly-dallying around. Uh, there was a lot of response to that, actually, amongst them. Debbie, Debbie, good morning. Morning, Neil. Um, tell me about your own scenario. Um, I have twins, Neil. They were born in, in January. Twins, yeah. And yeah. yeah, so they'll be six months old now next week. So just when I heard Kate email yesterday, I was... I was just so annoyed. I actually nearly walked into the ditch with the children. She was saying that pregnant women or women who have babies shouldn't be going around feeling as if they're precious, you know, that uh, it's, not a, it's not a sickness. But sure, we know it's not a sickness, but how many women, how many women now yesterday after listening to her email that are already feeling a bit down and Kate is, but well done to Kate for being back in her size 8 jeans. But I put on nearly six stone with the twins. Six stone? And I never... Yeah, I was never, ever that heavy in my whole life. How how come six stone? I don't know. It just, it just piled on. And there were some days that I couldn't even eat because I was feeling so sick. So this wasn't six stone related to eating? No, eating for three. No, Neil. No? And I'm out every day walking with the twins. I do 10 kilometres every morning. And it's just... I'd say you're doing. I'd say you're doing a few kilometres now, are you? Yeah, I know now. Doing it. Yeah. And are you That's shifting? Are bit. you shifting the weight? I mean, does it does it get you down? Yeah, I'm down into the tens now. I was up to fifteen and a half stone. And you're down I'm to back ten. Down in, I'm down in the tens now. Well, in fairness to you, that took some commitment. Yeah, but I'm out every single morning with these. I've no family in Cork. All my family are Wexford, so. It has been tough not having friends and family to help us. Ah, that must have been hell for you, not being able to, for a long, long time, not being able to bring the twins down to Wexford. Yeah, so, and actually when your, when your researcher um, rang me yesterday, I had my son in the boot of the car changing his dirty nappy outside Minogue's furniture, and I was wondering, is Kate doing this, I wonder? Is Kate doing that? No, no, Kate was back into her size eights in a matter of days and she was suggesting that new mums shouldn't be just thinking they can get an extra three months to have coffee morning with their mates, comparing baby buggies. No, coffee mornings. I would love, I would have mind to meet other mums with new kids just to maybe meet some friends or, you know, because I'm a new parent and I don't have anybody in Cork. Just yourself, your partner and the twins? Yeah. Now, my parents from the Arpen Cork and his mum is good. We call up, but we couldn't join lockdown because his dad was um, out of work. So you you had twins by C-section, yeah. Um, yeah. and they were only a couple of months old when we went into COVID-19. And yeah, they were two months old. Yeah, and you, you pretty much were left to yourself. Yeah, left to myself. My mum in Wexford, but she couldn't come near us because she works in a nursing home. So it was just us, but you know, we, we just got on with it. I wasn't having a pity party, like Kate said. Well, fair play to you. You shifted five stone, five, six stone in, in as many months. That's incredible. 
but I am out counting the road. But like that other girl you were talking to that worked in the HSB, her wound opened back up. I was just lucky that I healed very well after my... Oh, you're talking about the C-section wound that, you know, if you're yeah. pulling and hauling and dragging and you have twins, to, you know, yeah, sometimes you can... One of the girls that you were talking to yesterday, she said that hers, hers opened back up. Okay. And what are your I thoughts on... imagine the pain that The pain must have been horrendous. Absolutely. No, this is very good because it's good to get it from a perspective of somebody who's been through it on their own, notwithstanding I mean, that your partner is brilliant. But go ahead. Kate was saying as well that... Um, she was working out just a few days before she had her baby. Fair play to her. I couldn't even walk towards the end of my pregnancy. My partner used to call me Wolverine because I couldn't even cut my nails. Were you sick? No, I wasn't sick. I just... No, I mean, did, did, I you, did you have morning sickness or anything so leading up or anything like that? No, no, I didn't. It was just that the things were gone so big I found it hard to I know, I be know. walking around because it was they were so heavy Okay and what do you make of the the uh, Facebook petitions nearly 30,000 women have signed it to extend maternity leave by three months I didn't know about it Neil. But you're due back to I work soon aren't you? I was due back to work um, last Tuesday but I'm on the parental leave now and I still had um, 13 days holidays from last year Yeah so I'm using them, so that brings me up now to August, and then I'm back to work. And you've used up all of your holidays for that? Yeah, um, but I'm, my maternity finished last Thursday. But do you think that you should be entitled or should be given an extra three months, considering what you and maybe other women like you have gone through? I don't think I should be entitled to it, but if it was offered, I wouldn't mind it. Like my, none of my friends back home in Wexford have seen my babies, and my parents now have only seen my twins three times. Oh, it's been tough on you, that's for sure. Yeah, Twin bo- they, they see him on the phone, oh, I know. Yeah, I my know. dad don't have a smartphone, so he can't. I know, I know. And tell me, he twin boys, be. twin girls, one of each? What? One of each. Yeah, one of each. And all happy and healthy? All happy and healthy, yeah, born at 37 weeks. One was 6 pound 8 and the other one was Five pound fifteen. Oh my God! It was so a two healthy babies. Two healthy babies is right. And you're out on the pav- pounding the pavements right now, yeah? I'm out pounding the roads, yeah, right now. <laughs> Ten <laughs> kilometres every morning. Okay, well, you certainly have the resolve. Well done. Listen, nice to talk to you. Thanks, Debbie. Okay, see you Take care. One eight fifty one zero four one zero six. We have texts on this after ten. Text zero eight six eight one zero four one zero six. The Neil Prenderville Show with Tesco. Save time and shop online. Simply log on to Tesco.ie. New COVID tracker app not launched this morning. I downloaded it there earlier on. It's very straightforward. I mean, it downloads. I think there. Are, if you got very old Androids or old Apples, it probably won't download for you. But anything above six uh, in a in a in a mo in a in a, in a an Apple phone. It works on and kind of the equivalent, I suppose, if your phone is five or six years old, probably not. But for everybody else, it's tickety-boo. It's very easy to download. You just keep on uh, going through the stages like any app. It asks you then to uh, opt in to all of the different things it needs to do with regards to, you know, keeping you safe. And then you turn, make sure your Bluetooth is on. And It's interesting. It says that um, your identity will not be revealed to anybody. Nobody will actually know who you are. It's not as if other people can watch you or see where you're going. So... Your location is private in that regard. And they also say that the HSE won't be kind of, these are my words, they won't be hassling you about things, sending you emails or messages about other kind of nonsensey things. It's just to track you. You put in your mobile phone number, uh, and that's the number I'll contact you. If you're around people, for instance, who have tested positive, 
and you are in close proximity with them, you will get an alert in that regard. So it's fairly straightforward. It's uh, covidtracker.ie. You'll find it in the App Store and, and download it. It's fairly safe and straightforward. And then it asks you, would you like to share it, which I did then with family members and things like that. And you can pass it on to others then. They can download it as well. So I have to say, very impressive what they've done. Very straightforward. And if I can download it, then anybody can. So that's the COVID Tracker Ireland app available for you there from the Department of Health and the HSC. Lines were open at one 106 I'll come back to the maternity issue, I promise. And I will reread as well, for those of you who perhaps didn't hear it yesterday, the Being Precious What Pregnant email from Kate, who sailed through pregnancy. Her baby girl was born on March 23rd, firstborn. Um, and uh, she sailed through it back into her size eights uh, and doesn't want any extension to maternity. Uh, thinks that people feel that it's uh, a sickness as opposed to, you know, a natural thing to give birth. And it has made many pregnant women or women who have recently given birth quite irate, I have to say. But so has the uh, Barry Cowan incident. Martin, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Now, you got off the road for uh, being stopped. It wasn't for drink, though. It was for cannabis, wasn't it? That's right, yeah. Back in um, 2013, I was uh, stopped after returning home from work. I was out delivering for uh, Donatello's Pizza. Yeah. I dropped some of the staff members from behind the counter home, and yeah. one of them gave me a little bit of cannabis. About five euros worth. And uh, lucky me, I got stopped and searched on the way home then. And um, when I when I went to court for it, then the, the judge decided he gave they'd give me a year off the road um, for the little piece of cannabis and, and not for drug driving or anything. It was just for having it in my possession. And um, I, I was in the middle of uh, my college degree at the time, and my two daughters, and uh, he didn't want to hear any of that. He didn't care. Um, that was Judge Sean O'Donovan. He's, uh, I won't say any more about that, apart from the judge who, who gave you the, the year. So leave it at that. Don't be getting us yeah. into any grief with judges. But a, oh, year, yeah. a, year, a year seems like a fairly... Were you fined as well? Uh, yeah, there was a fine on top of that as well, yeah. Okay. And were you, you know when you were stopped with the cannabis, did they do a drug test or anything like that? No, no, they didn't, actually, no. They didn't do anything at all. And, we, and just, why, uh, why did they search? Were you be, were you profiled, do you think? Or Yeah, definitely. It was uh, it was about two o'clock in the morning. As I say, we were just after finishing uh, a late night work, delivering pizzas, and I dropped some of the counter staff home. And uh, I suppose it was a quiet night for them, maybe. I don't know. It was probably the only car on the road at the time. So a year so off I, the I road, and did you get a fine as well? There was a fine as well, yeah. 225 euro fine to be paid. What do you make of the Barry Cowan scenario then for being well, over the limit? Well, show the double standards that are out there, Neil. Like, if you're a somebody, sure, we look after you. If you're a nobody, well, we're going to go to town on you. Yeah, you know that the health minister announced sir, in an interview with the Sunday Mirror says that he'd have uh, absolutely no problem at all as a Minister of Health uh, legalising um, small amounts of cannabis for personal I, use. I did actually, yeah, I put out a show on my, I have a podcast there called Martin's World and I put out a video covering that. He actually goes and says that uh, he has no problem with a person being able to grow their own cannabis at home um, as well. He, he went on to say that. Yeah, that it, must make, it must make um, marijuana smokers optimistic then, yeah? Oh, def- definitely. Like, but even you say marijuana there now, like, and I think we're at the time where Black Lives Matter and all this stuff is going on, like, do you know that's actually a racist term that has nothing to do with the cannabis plant, and it was only used by the prohibitionists to allow them to stigmatize. Am I being am I being racist now for using the word marijuana? I, I'm afraid soon I'll be afraid to get out of bed in the morning. You know. Oh, I know, I know, but yeah, that, that's the origin of that word. It was used to, to stigmatize the people who used cannabis back then because basically cannabis was in everybody's medicines cupboards at the time. That's right. So yeah. if, they, if they tried to demonize saying, oh, they smoke cannabis, well, 
that would be as easy as saying, oh, it's this new thing, it's marijuana. It's not that cannabis you have in your medicine cabinet. Okay, and can I just ask you, because i got a lot of calls here, but would you, would you drive your car after smoking cannabis? Me? No, I wouldn't either. So you're not a drug driver? No, I'm not a drug driver. As I said, I got that cannabis that night. I was bringing it home. I was on the way home, uh, going to have a cup of tea when I got home and then uh, a smoke, but uh, it didn't work out that way that night. Yeah, okay, fair play. A year off the road, that's a hefty price to pay. Okay. So standards, yeah. And I, as I said, I was in college that year. I had to walk a cycle to college every single day. And I have two kids, and that summer was the most atrocious thing ever. I couldn't go down to the local beach, you know? The buses in this country are a joke. It's very hard to get to the beach, and the buses... Um, what do you but, do? Uh, what do you do now? Because you're still using cannabis. So like, if you're driving, yeah, well, you're not afraid it'll happen again. Yeah, this could very easily happen again, Neil. Um, I, I, I take precautions. I don't travel anymore with cannabis on me. Um, if I'm going to get it, I'll hop on my bike and I'll cycle instead. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you take precautions. You live and you learn. Okay, well, do mind yourself when you're out there, uh, certainly if you're having a smoke, and, and make sure it's out of your system before you drive your motor car. Uh, lines open on that, one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. You can text 0868-104-106. lot on Barry Khan, um, which I'll come back to throughout the course of the morning. But if you missed that email about, um, you know... Kate was saying, being precious while pregnant, here was. She says, I hope you and your team are well. I seem to have a lot more time to listen to the show now that I'm on maternity leave since March. My beautiful baby girl was born March 23rd, our firstborn. As you can imagine, it wasn't the birth we had planned, but we got on with it, unlike others. And when she says it wasn't the birth we had planned, she's referring to giving birth just as we went into uh, the COVID-19 pandemic and lockdown. Uh, why Why do I say uh, that? She says, well, I can't understand the big drama with new mums and dads during COVID-19. Yes, the dad can't be there for the whole birth. Yes, it's a special moment. Uh, but to see these other new mums whining nonstop about it online is irritating the hell out of me. There are women way worse off than them, and they should be glad that their babies are healthy. I saw one girl I know putting up a pity post on Facebook about how they won't be able to take a picture with the father and the baby and the car and the car set and the baby seat on the way out of the COMH or how they wouldn't be able to have balloons in ward. I saw all that. All that's wrong with them is they were disgusted, they were losing out on the pictures they could post online and the attention they would get. Then, don't get me started on the new mums who want extra maternity leave because of how the COVID has impacted them. I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw there was a petition during the rounds to get it extended by three months. They feel hard done by and they want more time off. Are these women for real? Most of them are already getting paid for being on holidays and now they want extra. They're using the excuse that their babies are missing out on toddler groups. My backside. They are just annoyed that they're missing out on coffee mornings and missing out on all of the natter and a chance to show off who has the latest and best buggy. I personally can't wait to go back to work. The minute my maternity leave is up, I'll be back in the office. I worked up until the last few days of my pregnancy and I actually worked out until the last few days as well. So I'm glad to say I'm back into my size 8 jeans. I was back into those jeans within a few days. Just because you're pregnant, this excuse of eating for two, I found was just an excuse to pig out. It's not like that at all. Uh, we, um, we see the likes of Posh Spice... Abby Clancy, all within a few weeks, back into their old clothes. And it's not because they would have this magical personal trainer at home with them. They just weren't lazy and they continue to exercise. Just because you fall pregnant doesn't mean you have to let yourself go. I know I'm the talk of the town, um, as, but I'm being honest. You wouldn't believe I had a baby, 
But let them at it. From what I've learned, being pregnant doesn't mean you're sick. Being pregnant doesn't mean you have to stop doing all of the things you're used to doing. What I also learned is that women who are pregnant really take advantage in so many situations. Again, ladies, remember, you're not sick. You're just pregnant. Uh, thanks for taking the time to read this out. I wouldn't come on air if I, if I could. But I'm, I would come on air if I could, but I'm actually busy working out and catching up on housework when your show is on. Keep up the great work, says Kate. So she can listen to the radio, work out and do the housework all at the same time. So there was a lot of emails and texts on that. That woman's email makes me sick. Isn't she blessed to have such a straightforward delivery? She's back in her size 8 jeans so soon. Maybe she needs a bit of a wake-up call from some other women whose bodies were torn, ripped and cut open to bring children into the world. There are women out there who couldn't walk for weeks after childbirth, let alone drive. Some women are traumatized by the whole situation. They need counseling because of it. Have some respect to your fellow women, says Bell. I just want to make a quick comment on the size 8 lady. I'm of the opinion that she needs more help than a lot of the new mums. Her underlying problems are ringing out loudly through her self-praise. We don't need to hear of her busy lifestyle. We don't need to hear of her genes size. Perhaps if she showed herself a little more compassion, uh, she might empathize with other young mums who are feeling the real pressure of coping. We're all in this together, remember, uh, says Margaret. Uh, Claire Byrne from RT went back to work two months after giving birth to her last child. When I had my children, I had 12 weeks maternity leave, six before, six after. I'm sick of listening to these mothers out there looking for extra maternity leave, says Mary. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 1851-04106. Red FM. All right, Seamus, good morning. Okay, you, so if if this were to happen to any political party, this issue with Barry Cowan, it would always be the likes of Fianna Fáil, is it? Generally, yeah. I mean, it's, it's always been Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael. Um, I just think it's a disgrace. Like, you know, to the people who voted them in, I don't know why they voted them in again, but to the people who voted them in, you know, if, if you just didn't disclose something like that to your employer in real terms for people, I mean, you, you could face the sack. I mean, these guys are having their, their salaries paid by the state. But would you only would you only be sacked or let go if you drove for the company? Where your job involved driving? I wonder. Well, he's in a high, high profile. Well, you probably would. I mean, you're seen as a liability. It was sort of the speeding yeah. under, under provisional. And you know, I think one of the reporters said it earlier on. Um, uh, twice bitten. Uh, yeah, or was it twice bitten? And he certainly isn't shy at this stage. Or something well, are you like referring that. to the speeding a few months before the drink driving? Yeah, he's speeding a bit. Like it's, it just shows the arrogance that, that is behind it. I know he'll put it on the face and he'll apologise. It means nothing. You know, they're, they're, it, it, this has been going on for years. It, it's just not going away. You know, the mantra behind Michal Martin on this whole election campaign uh, six months ago was, you know, this is a new train of fall. We've changed, blah, blah, blah. It's only two weeks in and look at what we're dealing with already. You know, it's an insult to the people and they shouldn't be there. And if they're not careful, really, at the end of the day, Sinn Féin, which will be the number one opposition, will be ready to take them down finally. You know, you know, Leo Varadkar and his crew are all very quiet now because, you know, it's, it's one trying to snip the other all the way to gain power. And that's all they're about. There's nothing changed about uh, the way they operate. The culture of Irish politics stinks. Margaret Thatcher remarked on it about 40 years ago. She, you know, she... She just more or less called Irish politicians lawyers and that's all they are. And There's you, some truth in that. And it's interesting that Fine Gael will have to stay very quiet about this, won't they? 
Yeah, but they have, they'll stay quiet because they're looking at Leo Varadkar's eyeballing down uh, two years uh, from now, you know, as T shot going in with a clean slate, trying to clean up the mess of his predecessor, uh, uh, Michal Martin, and then finally trying to oust and take full control and be elected in as a Fianna Gael government. But do you, have any, do you have any compassion for somebody who's contrite or somebody who says, I did wrong and I'm sorry and it was stupid? I do, I, I understand. Uh, and yeah, I have sympathy for people who, you know, will apologise, put their hands up and disclose it willingly beforehand, before it's all released. But he covered it up. I mean, in theory, you know, it's all, it's all lies anyway, but we're being told that he did this from uh, Michal Martin. You know, that's debatable. We'll never really know the truth. But, the, you know... Yeah, well, we can only take him at his word there, you see. Yeah, well, did he disclose this before the election campaign? No, only you know, last he, Friday, he, last did Friday. He, did, he, did he put it to the people, you know, under the face of, the, you know, under the mantra of the new being involved? Did he put it to the people? Oh, look, I, I have this in my background and I want to disclose it now and I want to be honest with you. However, please try to judge me on the work that I've been doing since over the last race. No, he didn't. He waited till he got into power. And then the door comes out. And more than likely, it was someone else who, who, who dropped this out into the public eye. And the guards already knew, but they can't say anything. But, you know, that's just, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, the, it's the final, it could be the final nail in the coffin. Whether it buries them now, it certainly buries them in the next couple of years, you know. And they're playing a dangerous game, you know. We can end up with a Sinn Féin government. Where's that going to leave the country? And you think that would be a bad thing, do you? Uh, well, I don't think it's going to be a great alternative when you look at what they've done in Northern Ireland, I don't think it's a great alternative overall, but you know, they're, they're, uh, it's it's just, it's a real sign of things at home, and it's a real sign that things have not changed at all. It's it's tainted with so much lies. If this was a UK politician in, in London, they'd be stepped down by now, you know. Somebody was suggesting to me yesterday that, that some, yeah, well, they would fall on their sword or they would be pushed. Yeah, they would. They're, they're yeah, different there's no wonder in Irish politics. It's all liars. Somebody it's was all, saying to me, somebody liars. was saying to me yesterday, Ah, oh, well, there are some honourable politicians, in fairness. In all fairness, there, you can't, are, like, there are a few out there. It would be impossible really? to find, it would be impossible to find a whole doll full of dishonourable people. Like, it's like any walk of life. But somebody was saying yeah. to me yesterday that there should be a published list of people who have been put off the road for drink driving and it should be published once a month or once every three months or something. You know, and, and, off the road. and, yeah. and, and that, and that would make people think, really think twice. About getting behind the wheel, but then again, you might you might say that somebody's drunk; they don't think at all, you know. No, I suppose, but then there's all sorts of disclosure laws, you know, around convictions and non-convictions and so on. It's 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 a messy area, but just given the high-profile nature of his job, the fact that he's being paid by the state with all the trappings and the benefits. I mean, I'm taking this here, all right, and I'm just putting it out. But you read what's in the papers, right? I mean, look at Simon Colby, you know. He, the, the guy is effectively being demoted, but it looks as though he wants to use a Garda and remain having a Garda uh, drive him around and escort him to the... Uh, but is the it, I was wondering about and that. I, I know that Leo Varadkar got an aide to come because they advertised in the oh. army for a driver for him as as Tonishta. It's kind of a waste of resources, really, you know. But does, know, does Simon it, Coveney it, also get it? Does Simon Coveney also get a driver? Uh, Simon Coveney is looking to actually uh, retain his driver even though he's demoted. He shouldn't be allowed to do it. It's a waste of police. It's a waste of guard resources, really, and it's an insult to the people. I, I just don't know how they get away with it, and I don't know how people vote these people back in. Unless the numbers are rigged, I, I, don't, I just can't for the life of me understand it. It's, it's an insult to the people. People need to wake up, and unfortunately, if people are, are, are tied with the noose of, like, you know, perhaps an only alternative being Sinn Féin, 
But this is the dangerous game that these parties are playing. How far will it go before people are squeezed so tight as to just let them go and say, you're now done? I mean, it's it's just tainted with so much dirt. This guy should be stepping down today. He should have his meeting with Michal Martin. And Michal Martin should agree, look, we'll, we'll backbench you or whatever it may be, but you cannot be a minister. It's 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 just a I non-runner. Just we have you know, to be seen to be doing there. the right thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the right thing. I mean, and what, what right has been done in the last 15 to 20 years in this country, really, with Irish politics? Nothing. It's the same old, same old. It's such an insult to read it. I mean, it's glazed over so easily and, you know, with an apology or... Oh, it's just rotten, rotten I know, listen, we, could go, in, we could go into that area of what was done in the last 15 years in spite of the Celtic Tiger and the collapse of that, we are one of the most um, fastest performing countries in the OECD you know, we, we had uh, we, we have a reasonably okay, good welfare the, system you know, What? I understand, that's the economics of it all but when you look at the culture of Irish politics what does this country look like to other EU leaders? You know, Michael Martin has the popularity of approximately four. Now, I know it's only a poll, but 14% popularity. And this guy's walking into the uh, into the EU Commission with a, a T-shirt. Yeah. We must look like the last lock of the rest of Europe, and especially the British. Okay. All right. Thanks for all that. Let's see if people have a response to what you have to say. Thank you, Seamus. As always, text 0868104106. I'm jumping around this morning, but that's all right, too. With regards to the extended maternity leave, is an issue for the government to make a decision on, although he kind of didn't make any call on it yesterday, saying he'd heard about it and the cabinet will discuss it. Uh, Nora, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm well. Did you, did you hear that email from, from uh, Kate, the one about... I did, yeah. yeah. You, you, uh, you read it out there a while ago. Yeah. And I heard it again yesterday, okay. and I just felt it by putting in a text message. Um, I was pregnant three times, like three smileys, um, and on the three pregnancies, I had morning, all day sickness, the whole way through until the last two weeks of my pregnancies. I put up three and a half stone with Annabelle, seven stone with Jack, and three and a half storm with AJ. And it's completely, in my opinion, it's nature, because I never, um, I couldn't eat, to be honest. There was nothing I could eat. Isn't that amazing, that you'd have morning sickness for a long, long time, weren't able yeah. to eat maybe crackers or something, was it? Barely, if I could keep it down. Nothing um, at all, and you'd put on no, seven stone. Isn't the body an incredible thing? It was all it was all slewed out. And was it so, easy to shift that seven stone or the other two and um, three and a half? I ended up having to go to Weight Watchers. I, I had um, weight trouble before that. So I had, before I got pregnant and was there, was there previously in the couple of years, I went to Weight Watchers and I lost, um, I suppose, about three stone. And then my mission then was I was never going to be, I was going to be at my goal, like, so, and otherwise, obviously, apart from being pregnant, like, so how do you feel when you hear somebody saying, um, where is it here? I'm glad to say I'm back in my size 8 jeans. I was back in them within a few days. But it's definitely, it has to be nature, like, it has to be, you know, there's obviously something in the body, like, you know. Well, she like, clear, like, clearly, sister, Kate didn't have, your sister what? Uh, my sister, um, like, she put up very little amount of weight with her two pregnancies and she never went on a diet. And she was back in her clothes within two or three months, maybe. How do you feel about that? Yeah. Uh, but it's just, to me, it's just nature, you know. Did it get you down? Oh, of course it would, like, because I was overly weight, like, I had excess weight on Jack. I couldn't, I couldn't move with with the weight. I was swollen, like, she, I couldn't go out anywhere, I couldn't. She, I, met, I actually met one girl from work one day, and she passed me in Blackpool. I was up in Cork for an appointment, and I went over to Blackpool to Dunn's. 
because um, it was on my way home. And I said hi to her. And she looked at me and I just went, uh, hi, John. I said her name again. And um, she looked at her and I goes, it's Nora. She couldn't believe it was me. She didn't say anything, but you could tell by her. She didn't say anything, but you could tell by her reaction. I, she, she was passing me out, like, and like, I, I, I know her very well at work, like. And, and she couldn't, she didn't recognise me at all. All right. And that's interesting that, you know, you would have put on all of that weight. You would have had dreadful morning sickness. Your sister yeah. didn't. What about yeah, your mum? Did your mum have any of those things? My mum had only morning sickness with me. She had seven kids. I was the only one she was sick and she had an awful lot of weight on with all of us. A morning sickness then is just awful yeah. nausea, is it? Oh God, it's unbelievable. Even the girls at work, at work I swear to God, they're the best there. Were. They felt so sorry for me. I was coming to work, I was the green inside of work. Um, and um, they were very good to me. Like one girl... Um, I used to taste, um, I love cheese and potatoes. Turned out I couldn't eat them when I was pregnant because the smell of them, the minute. And she said to me one morning, she said, Nora, what break are you going on? And I said, oh, I'm going second. She goes, I'm going first break. Is it okay if I can eat my um, cheese and potatoes? I know you hate the smell of them. <laughs> ah, she's <Because> lovely. <laughs> the poor creator, like, you know. So, like, it does, like, the, since the smells, everything. Cigarettes to this day, I can't smell cigarettes. I'd get sick. Well, you yeah. never you never smoked then. That's a good I, thing. I used to smoke. I smoked for years, and um, I gave them up. Get married, and much um, I had pregnancies in every pregnancy. I hated the smell of cigarettes. Okay, we're covering an awful yeah. lot of ground in this with regards to the smells. Did you have any cravings? No, I no, there's no cravings. You wouldn't any cravings Maybe with morning it, sicknesses. It, it, no, I couldn't. I couldn't say I had any cravings. Like that one thing it was there. Uh, Maybe club lemon. I had maybe that, that was the only bit of sugar intake that I would have had every couple of days. I was thirsty, that would be the only thing. Age, it was water. And um, Annabelle didn't was um, club orange. See, it's but a different story. In, yeah, oh, sure. Well if, you, well, if you were drinking a few litres of that every day, you'll certainly put the pounds on, but you weren't. So and, and I wasn't, you know, because I was, everything was not, I tried, I tried everything in the book. Ginger biscuits, you name it, I tried for morning sickness and nothing. And when did your appetite come back then? When did all the... Uh, two weeks before I had the lights and the three of them. So that was some relief at least. Yeah, that was some relief. <laughs> yeah. So for Kate anyway, to thinking to think or to say that all pregnancies are the same, they're not. Firstly, no, not the whole, firstly there's the issue I of walked, morning sickness. Secondly, I there's walked the... 4K a day with the double buggy. I had a second-hand buggy, double buggy because I couldn't afford a big double bu- buggy for the two lads because um, Annabelle and Jack, there was 14 months to him. So um, I was walking the roads um, with them, then I'd bring the dog in for a walk that night when the two kids were going to bed. So and I'd probably do probably a k walk every day, Amazing. as well as doing weight watches. And I was breastfeeding then as well at the same time. So between the breastfeeding and the no, I could boast about breastfeeding. I breastfeed. I didn't have an epidural in either the three of them, but that doesn't make me a matter. Why didn't you? So I just I don't like anything from coming from behind me. Um, I got the epidural with Annabelle, and my ankle went dead. That was it. And after that, I said, not hope after that. It, nothing else. It did work. The oh, what about the pain? I just have a high pain threshold. Kate could say, could say the same. Couldn't she? So, no, she must have a fast metabolism or something. I, I think I actually I think I think that women have a, maybe maybe it's a maybe it's a biological thing, but it's genetic. Take. It has to be. It has to be nature. Definitely, hundred percent nature. I well, I I believe it's nature anyway. Okay, so for her to generalise and not take into consideration, for instance, morning sickness uh, or indeed uh, an, um, a C-section, um, yeah. like that's unfair. 
Exactly. Do you know, well done to every woman in the country, whatever way their baby into the world. They are martyrs, every single one, every woman. They all carry their babies, no matter what way, how the baby into the world. They but give birth to their baby. She says it's that not. it's also to do with uh, missing out on coffee mornings and uh, comparing, mornings. comparing each other's buggies. <laughs> I never saw coffee mornings. <laughs> 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 right. I, you could I, you couldn't go anywhere. The only place I could get to was my watchers meeting. That was it. Went through like two small and, babies. And a bit of shopping. Two small babies. You know, and like they're 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 close in age. Lovely talking to you, Nora. Yeah. It's really is a pleasure um, talking to you. Well, you. I work with Co Foundation as well. I just want to say hello to everybody in Asheville. They're probably listening. We always have the radio on the go. Lovely. Well, you might give us a meal voucher or something there for. Um, I've taken. Yeah, I've, I've, I've taken. Laughing there now. I've taken <laughs> delivery. So see, turning around looking for the. Fire. I'm actually on night duty now, so I'm going to be there for eleven o'clock. Oh well, okay. We've got twenty-five minutes before you go to the lab. We've got um, some lovely new uh, vouchers just arrived from Oak Fire Pizza. So stay on the phone there. I'll oh, send a couple right. of for you and the gang. You can have some hot piping pizza at work someday. All right. Thank you very much, Neil. Take Take care. care God bless. Lovely talking to you. Lovely, lovely talking to you. Stay on hold, Nora. Ellen, good morning. Hi, how are you? Good. Did you hear that email? Kate's email? I did, yeah. Each to their own, really, I suppose. You know, don't know. I have four kids, and I had a thing called hyperemesis, which is morning sickness, I suppose, by 10. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I've dealt that before. Yeah. I will never forget it. Um, I actually, oh, every time I found out I was pregnant, my husband just put me down to Gary Vaux and <sighs> bring me into Stephen Pierce tonight. He's let me buy something. <laughs> <laughs> I just paid the What, you go down and buy a bit of pottery to celebrate the pregnancy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you should have at least four different pieces of Stephen Pierce pottery then, have you? Oh, I have a heap of it. But anyway, that's besides the point. <laughs> it's funny, I though. I will never... It is. I, I, from my second child, I got it, and um, I got. I was getting married back in Springford Hall, and it was my wedding day was the worst day of my life. And I, my husband still to this day bursts out laughing when I said this. I was inside in Saint Fimbras the following morning at half seven. Yeah, sick. I was all sick, and you'd be fine. You'd be kept in for two days, forty-eight hours. And you come home and you clean the house, med, and you'll be back in again within four days. Would they have to put you on a drip when you go in then and things like that? Oh God, yeah. Your ketones would be plus four, plus five. And I mean, what was the I wedding was day like? I mean, did you have any enjoyment upon that day? I hated it. I actually, I had one reprieve. I um, was at the beautician inside Mitchison and I went out to Kilbinny Church. That's where I'm from. And I, I, I sat inside the church and I prayed and I just said, just let me get through the day. And in fairness, I did. I got through the day. But come nine o'clock that night, I was gone. And did people know that you were uh, unwell? Um, well, my family would have known. And my husband would have just said, Asha, she'll cheer up. Should poor creator had a clue how, how sick I was. I know. But it's great we got on with it. We but you had to put on, on a happy face for people all day long. Yeah, I'd be a pro at that anyway. But... Um, <laughs> um, yeah, New York honeymoon, died in St. Fimbers, by. <laughs> <laughs> I got a cramp last week, and the first time in years I had to go to bed for the afternoon. <laughs> oh, but sure, look, I had a beautiful son, and he, he, he arrived on St. Patrick's Day. Men and don't get he it. He was so good to me. No, it's grand, you have your own troubles. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you have to put up with us. <laughs> so that's morning sickness by uh, by 10. 
it is horrendous. It was just horrendous, yeah. Well, yeah. Hang on, hang yeah. a second. You put on 13 stone. Oh, I went up to 13 stone. I was like, Oh, thank God. Stone. You went up to 13. You didn't put on 13. Oh, no. Oh, Jesus. No, I'm only 5'1". <laughs> um, <Okay. no. laughs> so you're small as well. You're petite. I was huge. I was huge. You know? No, in the sense and, that uh, you're 5 foot 1 and 13 stone with hyperemesis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Couldn't eat, couldn't drink, and I blew up. So, don't know. And it went away. The minute the minute, the minute, the lads were born, it just naturally kind of left my system. I don't know. But I did. And you know what, Neil? I didn't worry about it because you'll have size 8, size 20s. Does it make a difference? I know, but will you tell them when they grow up, you'll never know what I went through for you? I tell them every day. <laughs> How old are they now? <laughs> 21 last week and then... Um, 12, 13, and 10. So, great, great kids. They're all great kids, and they're all healthy. And isn't that the main thing? That is the main thing. It is the main thing. Isn't that the main thing? Yeah. yeah. And Farrah's coffee date? Oh. <laughs> no. No coffee <laughs> dates and no comparing no. best buggies. Oh, I didn't have one. I can tell you that now for nothing. Now, how'd you move them around? Well, yeah. oh, I didn't have the best of everything, but I had enough. I know we were fine. Um, I had... I got. Oh, I went mad. We got a Phil and Ted um, when the the Irish twins came along. I'm terribly sorry, and, now, but uh, what is a Phil and Ted? It was a double buggy, you know. <laughs> okay. I used, yeah, God love us. Like I'm one not behind up to the date. other. I'm not yeah, one behind the other. But it was grand, and we were fine. And then when the third one came, that was the problem because he was, you know, the way you'd have a boomerang. Well, he was not a boomerang because what's a boomerang? Hang on, what's a boomerang? Oh, you throw a boomerang and just come back. The third fella, no way would he come back. When once he got the hand, once he got away from it, no way would he come back. And then you two small children. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, look, friends, I just said I'd like to let you know um, high premises is tough. Um, I put on a heap of weight and yeah, it's grand. Four kids and they're all healthy and happy. I'd like Kate to come back to me with another email, having heard the other side of the coin or the other side of the blanket, if you like. Your 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 lads, your lads are too old now to be sending you sending them away on a a family day to Spike or Photo Wildlife Park and places like that, are they? Well, they go anywhere. Once the car is running, they're gone into the back. I've okay. one in particular. Oh God Almighty, he's a terror for the road. <laughs> Okay, well, listen, I have some family passes that have taken uh, delivery oh. of from different... Um, now, the choice is yours. Family passes from different tourist attractions that are open across the summer. Or we can organise a, a couple of hot pizzas for you, if you'd like, as well. It's been lovely talking to you. So I'll put oh, you back on... Oh, they love hot pizzas. Oh, I well, I, feed them. <laughs> I thought that. I thought that. Kids and pizza. Thanks very much. All right, Ellen, hold on, and we'll get a postal address for you, get you sorted with some Oak Fire pizzas. Lines open at 1850-104-106. Text 086-8104-106. In response to your topic on maternity leave during pandemic, I fully support your callers who wish to have it happen, including Amy and the petition. I work in the private sector, but in a role that deals with hundreds of people per day in very close proximity. Regarding Kate's situation, you know, the size eight, size 8 girl, I applaud her drive. I breastfed my baby and also had severe GERD uh, for eight, from eight weeks old. Now, forgive me for not knowing what that is, but I'm sure somebody will explain it to me. I also was back in my pre-pregnancy clothes a week later. 
it didn't it didn't really care for the fact that I was so concerned with making my infant comfortable and pain free. Didn't really care about my clothes size. Kate might be very fortunate to have childcare and can return to work after leave. I, on the other hand, had no childcare, worked shifts and still nursed my child, which is an example of how people should be encouraged to have an open mind regarding other people's personal situations. Thousands of women in Ireland gave birth just before or during the pandemic, all with a different home life. And while I understand all parents have different views on childcare and returning to work in these troubled times, finding childcare for those born during pandemic is now simply non-existent. What's the, what that means for the large proportion of pa- parents of newborns and several months old is we may have to hand in our notice as we can't work because we will have no childcare. Not many households can afford 16 weeks unpaid extended maternity leave in these times. And further, parental leave is a farce for most employees. It is strictly at the employer's discretion whether you get parental leave or not. Thus, not an employee entitlement by any means. My employer turned my request down outright. And that in itself raises another topic of conversation. Have women been refused extended paternity, extended maternity leave in the workplace? Thank you for that, Anita. Text 0868104106. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Oh, listen, just as a by the way, if you're having some confusion uh, regarding temporary wage subsidy schemes or pandemic unemployment payments, you know, the 350, which stays for people who in the past earned 200 plus. But if you earned 199, then it goes down to 203. And people are worried about the tax implications regarding uh, COVID-19 or temporary wage subsidy schemes, unemployment payments and that, whether you'll have a tax bill. Uh, I will be uh, discussing that a little later on this morning with taxback.com. So if you're in that situation, if you know people that are and you'd like some clarity on it, get them to turn the radio on in the next hour or so and I hope to get to that but I'm going to stay where we're at for now um, I think it's a great idea to extend maternity leave as there's no childcare for children um, new mothers have been the collateral damage as well of COVID-19 the knock-on effects to new mothers will cost the state a fortune in the coming months uh, many won't be able to go back to work actually and will have to hand in their notice because there will be no childcare no new childcare places um, I think the, that uh, the woman the women shouldn't be given out about not getting extra maternity leave they should be happy with how much time they have with their babies already. I'm a single mom of two. After my second child was born premature, we spent a, over a week in neonatal. I went back to work after three weeks. I had no other choice. I would have loved to have spent the baby. These women, these women should consider themselves lucky to be able to spend any time, precious time, with their new bundles of joy. Let's see what Yvonne has to say on that topic. Uh, morning. Can you hear me all right? Hello. Uh, good, good stuff. Yeah, so, so you're pretty annoyed. Why? And you also say you don't get annoyed all that often. No, I don't. I'm kind of one of these people that lets things go into their own all that. But I, I, my, and I, was, I was listening to your show yesterday and the email that came in from I Look, I'm delighted that she's able to get herself her workout and her back into size 18s. But it ain't happening for me anyway. So I don't know what kind of child she has, but I, I, I think I'm one of the normal ones that just is a child and a child. <laughs> well, it's a, it's she generalises, really, doesn't she? Very much generalises. She does, she does, because everyone has their own story with the pregnancy, the labour, and then the coming home with this new baby. Mine wasn't what it was supposed to be, never mind pandemic or not. All right, well, she also did say that uh, she said she said that she learned that women who are pregnant are now taking advantage of this, like so many other situations. You're not sick; you're just pregnant. Well, I, I right, okay, I wasn't sick, but I had 
I won't even say morning sickness. I won't even say all day sickness. I had everything that went into me sickness for 20 weeks. So you didn't eat? I, so much so, I I ate. But if it's coming back out, just I'm supposed to be vile now, but if it's coming back out as quick as it's going in. So much so that I ended up on the medication, the anti-nausea tablet. And how did the baby get in your, how did the baby get nutrition? Well, that was my worry. Um, first time mother, I'd never experienced that in my life. And I did say to my own, I was very lucky to be under a very, very good um, gynecologist in Cork. And she said to me, Yvonne, it doesn't matter what you take in, the baby will take what needs from you. You will be left. You will be left in the side of the ditch, but that baby will, will be running the road. You'll be a shell. The baby will be thriving. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I went in to work every single day. I didn't as much as take a stick to but I just got up and got on with it. I was doing shift work, so it wasn't that I was going out in the morning at whatever time, coming back in the evening and, then, and my night. And then it was three months, there was a premie baby, wasn't it? I had a premie baby born at just under 37 weeks, so finished up, walked out the door of work on Thursday to one, two, um, my, I, obviously I'm shift work, so I had days off. Um, and Sunday morning I woke up and I thought myself I need to go to the hospital, but it wasn't that I had the natural signs. I just, I, I couldn't stand. That was basically it, not knowing what was going on. And landed up in the hospital and at two o'clock we went in. And half eight that night I had a small baby. And that was it. Mm, mm. And it was not like, I mean, everybody in this, there's going to be worse stories again to that again, do you know what I mean? I've learned that from speaking to, to friends of mine that, you know, not every, there's no story the same and there's no pregnancy the same. But if she were to say, no, they're not, but if she were to say uh, morning six sickness, hypermesis aside, um, maybe even cesarean sections aside, for women who have normal labour, birth, um, maybe she's talking about those women who are, you know, okay, looking well, for more time for coffee mornings yeah. and Best no, buggy competitions. What I, what, I, what I have had and what I've experienced is I went on, a, I didn't realise it, a quite a lonely journey when I decided to breastfeed. But when it came to, um, you know, I had, I needed answers because I had no one to talk to. I had no one outside. My poor husband couldn't come up with the answers for me. You know, my public health nurse wasn't available to me. Oh, because of COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, have a three month, I had a three-month development check that never happened. So I have a premature baby who's, now, don't get me wrong, she's thriving. I have no, I'm looking at her, I have no worries in the world and I think she's going to be very independent. And do that. But I had a three-month development check that should check the signs that, you know, if they're caught early, there could be something looked yes, at. Yes, yes, yes. I have yes. a five-and-a-half-month-old who has never gone through that treatment. And some of those that were in support of an extension yesterday were saying just that, missed appointments. Yes. Yeah. Missed appointments. I couldn't care less about the coffee apartment. I couldn't care less, you know, I, I got all those WhatsApp groups, there was video calls, I couldn't care less if I never said that. Mentally, I found it very hard to realise that all of a sudden there was no outside because, you know, you're trying to look after yourself, you're trying to look after more importantly the small Oh, I know, and it's tough, life. I know, but I suppose but she I also... She, she, yeah. I was happy enough to sit in and, and make sure that we were all safe. That was, but, that was a decision that... Maybe, maybe she sees, if you look on social media, Facebook and Instagram and things like that, you see, um, you know, particularly influencers and bloggers who are flogging pregnancy clothes and different styles of fashion and all the accessories for the baby and all of the stuff that comes with it, you know? Yeah. 
Oh yeah. Oh that. Oh, look, each their own and whatever. You know, makes anyone else happy. I'm delighted from. But I can only say my own personal story. It's, okay. It wasn't. The, it wasn't the showing off of of my little one. Okay. It wasn't the meeting up of, with other mothers. It was. It was the appointment. It was knowing that if in twelve months' time they say to me, "Oh, your little one has this." We that could, could have, have been caught earlier. I know. Yeah, I know. I'm then left with a child that, and it'll be. It'll come back at the very. Parenthood, and especially I, I would say parenthood for both parents, but I can guarantee you for mothers, it's a guilt. There's no doubt about it, it is a guilt. You take on this guilt that I've never experienced in my life, that if anything was to go wrong, it's my fault. I did that when I went into labour. If Well, you see, you can't tie pregnancy with COVID-19 you know, in mind. You see, that's just it. You know what I mean? And, and I was, I suppose, in hindsight, I was probably lucky you know, obviously that she is okay, but lucky that I suppose she did come early because I had what we call the normal labour ward. My heart oh, goes yeah. out to the mothers that are going in there on their own because yeah. I don't know how I despised. I really don't know how it's divided. I never realised how much I relied on my husband, but I genuinely don't know how it's divided inside there on my own. Yeah, so it's because it's not a, it's not a reward, so an extension. No. It's an entitlement, really. Well, it's just, you know what, give us a chance to get back to our public health nurses. Give us a chance to get the checkups that should have been got. Leave us getting. And you have if a I worry and guilt, work, you say, I, that um, something has been I, missed. Yeah. Well, it's not. I, I'm, I'm looking at her and I'm saying there isn't. But, I mean, I was a nervous wreck. That, that's my answer today. Come back to me next week and I could have a different answer. I could say, oh God, there's something wrong. She's not doing this. She's not, you know, she's not responding. This milestone's not been hit. It's a, it's a gift when you become a mother and become a parent that I've never experienced. Okay, listen, uh, good to talk to you. Thanks so much for taking the call. Yeah. Appreciate it. Look after no yourself. And Thanks very much. Try not to stress too much, you know. Oh, look, to be fair of me. I get on with it. <laughs> All right, girl. Thanks so much, Yvonne. Thanks very much. Listen, Bye. Lucy, would it be possible to talk to you after 11? Are you under pressure? Um, no, no. After 11 is fine. Thank you, because I want to do justice to what you have to say, and I've only got about two and a half minutes, so I'll come back to it then. Interesting one here. Oh, that poor woman whose friends in west, in the west of the country, east of the country, I should say, over in the east thing was Wexford. Oh, that poor woman, her friends haven't seen her baby yet. Poor things. Let's stop the world just for mothers like her. What a joke. That is so, what a joke that is. So what if, so what if her friends haven't seen the baby? They can travel to Cork if they want to see, uh, because nothing's stopping them and her parents traveling to Cork as well. Only here would we be considering giving women three extra months to go show off their new babies, or should I say, their except, because that's what it seems to be about these days. Most of them think their babies are accessories. There's weekends after every week that you can go and show off your babies then. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. My daughter is expecting her third child next month. She says that she has never had it better. She is treated like royalty. I'm not sure what these other women are complaining about. Uh, new mothers are a pity. It's a sad day. They should get a grip. They must have little to worry about. Wouldn't you know that that was sent by a man? Uh, the need to extend maternity leave. It's so important due to the lack of childcare options available. I was due back at work two weeks ago. I've taken the two weeks parental leave and six weeks unpaid lead leave. That's as much as I can afford. So I'm due back on September 1st. My childcare provider has now told me she'll be unable to take my children back in September due to numbers. So I, like many others, am left with no option but to leave work as I have no option for my children. My husband works full time and is the higher earner so he can't leave work. 
Once again, it's the women and mothers being disadvantaged and discriminated against by this government. You don't tell me how you feel about leaving the workplace, something that you probably have enjoyed right up until this moment in time. There's that and lots more besides. Text 0868104106. Uh, listening to the maternity situation, I'm just out from my big scan. It's the 21-week scan. It's absolutely depressing. No partners are allowed in. There's no opportunity to share that joy or have support with your partner in that moment. It's a disgrace that people can go to the pubs and everything else, but you can't have your partner in a hospital for the experience of you having a child together. It doesn't happen often, you know. Some restrictions need to be lifted within the maternity sector. I just did not know that, that there's no partners left in for the scan. you, you got to wonder why, like, surely precautions would be taken. That's a very exciting and important milestone, isn't it? Uh, am I missing something about the women looking for added maternity leave? They feel that they're lost out, is it? They were at home with the babies. What exactly did they miss out on? These women were the same as all of us. We couldn't meet family and friends. Should we all get X three months off work to make up for that? Text 0868104106 and we'll pick it up after 11. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. Okay, thank you again to our friends at Oak Fire Pizza who've sent us lots more vouchers for large pizzas to give away uh, for the coming weeks. They're on Princess Street in the city, Bridge Street in Bandon and Ross Street in Clonakilty and they're currently open 3 to 10 every day for takeaway and delivery. You can order your own Oak Fire Pizza. They're lovely. Uh, at their website, www.oakfirepizza.ie. And while I will be doing shout-outs, not as many as we move through the phases, but there are still some coming in, and that's all very well. But I'll also be giving them to callers and people who come on air with stories to tell. So that's Oak Fire Pizza vouchers for you guys to uh, put a smile on all our faces. And also, there are many tourist resorts uh, reopening, and some have. I was talking to John Crotty yesterday, who gave me family passes for Spike Island. Now, there are restrictions in the amount of ferries going, but you can book in advance. But you won't have to pay if you're lucky enough to win one of our family passes for Spike Island. And I'll be giving some of those away to families to go to Spike. If you've never been, you will absolutely love it. You'll be blown away, and you'll be so proud of what we can achieve you know, we put our minds to it and, you know, rejuvenating and, you know, um, uh, reopening Spike Island, not as a prison now, but as a memorial and a museum, living, walking museum. So that's just before mid today with passes for Spike. I also have family passes for Photo Island. Pardon me. You think I was going to send you golfing there for a second? Photo Wildlife Park, Cork City Jail family passes. You want to go up and kiss the Blarney Stone of that sort of sorted as well. A place that I was on a couple of occasions in the past is St. Mary's Collegiate Church. Now, that's got to be 800 years old and very little change in those 800 years. Could even be older. But it really is one of the jewels in the crowns of County Cork and certainly the pride of you all. And that's worth a visit, for sure it is. When you're down there as well, I might even do a double act and give you a family pass to uh, go to the top of the all clock gate tower as well. So there's all that and uh, lots more besides, uh, which we'll come back to throughout the course of the week. I just want to get you and families, and particularly if people are feeling the pinch financially in the times that we live in, I want to give you an opportunity to take the family away for a day to some of the wonderful tourist opportunities that we have here in Cork. A lot of them are county council and city council. Uh, and uh, we want to be supporting those things as best we can. Just ahead of Lucy, if you don't mind, of just a little bit more housekeeping. Oh, can I just say that today, uh, and this is on a, on a very personal level, today is a special day for us uh, today with regards to uh, my late mother-in-law, Kitty Lenahan, because today she celebrates uh, her 100th birthday. And if she had lived to make 100, she would have been absolutely spoiled today 
by her loving family. You know, we'll have a get-together later on at home with uh, some family members who'll be calling around for, you know, pizza and a couple of drinks, um, you know, physically distancing as you do, as the fellow says. Uh, but today is an important day because she was an incredible woman uh, and she passed away during COVID-19, not of it. She lived a long and healthy life and it was her time. But we and so we mark our passing today would have been her 100th birthday, an incredible woman. Um, with regards to tourism, I was in Ardmore. Um, this is from yesterday, so this text would have been at the weekend. I was in Ardmore, and the amount of English camper vans was unreal. In such a small village, I only know two locals out of at least 100 people I saw. It's beyond a joke down east. I only saw one woman wearing a mask. So a lot of English camper vans down east. We can't holiday and we're advised against it, but tourists and foreigners can freely come here to Ireland. This makes no sense. We're protecting ourselves in our country by adhering to our guidelines. It's all in vain. If Ireland is encouraging uh, and welcoming everyone, it's madness. Morning, I'm texting from Bantry. My father has COPD and leukemia. I'm in remission from cancer myself. We're doing everything to keep safe. Yet Americans and English tourists were here over the weekend. How dare our government risk our lives for tourists? Lock down the borders for two months. Let the virus die out in the country. If my father contracts this virus, I will hold our government responsible for it. This is an outrageous carry on. Well, I hope you weren't upset with the fact that I was down in Bantry as well at the weekend. And uh, while I would have been a tourist, at least I wasn't an overseas tourist. The only thing about tourists is they drop money. You know, and local economies kind of need that. So it's kind of, I don't know, half half full or half empty, that glass. Just talking about glasses. We're losing the plot here. Remember the Black Lives Matter protests? Did anyone give out trying to stop these protests? No, they didn't. They protested in their thousands. But the minute people gather outside a pub to have a few drinks um, and have some fun, you're telling them to cop on. Give me a break. It's nothing but hypocrisy. Uh, the guardy walking into bars is rubbish. I know of one bar close to the city having lock-ins and all of the lads are out the back smoking. Uh, I wonder, Neil, is there a hotline people can call to report bars flouting the law? Yes, I would think, I would think there is a hotline and it's probably 999. The best answer I can give you on that one. So we'll come back to more of that and lots more besides between now and midday. But back to the phone lines we go. Lucy, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How and are you? I thank you for your kindness. You held on after just before 11 o'clock oh, there. No bother at all. No okay, bother. so it's good to hear mums talking about far from the dream pregnancy. Isn't that right? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I'm working from home at the moment and working away, and I heard that last lady on talking about hyperemesis and uh, her wedding day, being sick on her wedding That's day. Right. And to me, And she wasn't kind of, whinging now or anything like in no, 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 she wasn't. But it was just such a relief to hear somebody else know what... You, you know know what you were going through and to kind of hear that there's somebody else out there because I suppose I suffered something similar thankfully I didn't have my wedding day in the middle of it but um, I had two pretty horrible pregnancies which to me like I was terribly upset about as well because I suppose as for instance as long as I could remember all I wanted was to be a mum yeah. and yeah. I love being a mum and I'm very grateful that I'm but a mum you had this idyllic picture daughters. of what it would be like and it was far yeah, from yeah you know when they talk about oh you're blooming and you're this and you're that and like the like that lady who was on I wasn't even four weeks pregnant on my first child I didn't even know I was pregnant and I was already sick and basically ended up in hospital within the first four weeks of my pregnancy on a drip and it was just it was it was frightening it was absolutely terrifying I had no idea that this could happen and people turned around and said oh that's just morning sickness and I was kind of 
okay. That's what you thought it was, yeah. Yeah, well, it's kind of morning, noon, and night at the moment. But, you know, and they were like, oh, it'll go away, it'll go away. And now, luckily... It sounds silly to say that's all it was, but I am thankful that, you know, it wasn't anything more sinister. It did go away, but it didn't go away until the baby was born. Yeah. So I was basically nine months on each pregnancy, so tremendously sick. I I couldn't eat anything all day long. And you talk about cravings and people would say, have you any cravings? And I'd say, yeah, I've cravings just to eat. I'd love to be able to just to eat. (laughs) And um, the funny thing about my body then... I'm just curious, would you be hungry at the same time? No, you wouldn't be able to keep it down, but you'd still Um, be hungry. Not so much hungry, but just dying for the taste of something. Do you know, just... Just to sit down and relax. I mean, I do remember, obviously, you know, doing my best to eat, you know, for the baby's sake. And I remember my gynecologist saying to me at the time, because I went into her saying, but what about the baby? I mean, if I'm not eating, you know, how's the baby going to grow? And she said to me, it was so funny, because she said to me, oh, don't worry, dear. Babies are parasites. They'll take what they need. (laughs) I was kind of reassured, but... You know, it was just okay. It's so true when so, you hear of these awful horror yeah. stories of country with starvation and famine and babies still are born, you know. They, they are still born, yeah. Now, my babies were, were small, but, you know, not not, not badly, though. Like, you know, there was 6-1 and, and five fifteen. But I basically, I, the difference between me and that other woman was I was eight and a half stone when I was nine months pregnant. So I was so thin and had just no energy left by the time oh the babies were due to be born. And I remember, sorry, going back to you, were saying craving and craving food. And I remember sitting in my dressing gown at the kitchen table when I'd be at home and having put a bit of food together for my husband and him coming in. And I remember, I don't know how many times I last count, just crying into my dinner, just, I can't do it, I can't do it. And I'll tell you, when you're like that, nine months is horrendously oh long. Oh my God. You know? So physically um, and emotionally it was a head wreck. Yes, yes, yes. And like I, I always kind of wanted to maybe have three or four kids and of course if my other two are listening now up in the front room which they are they'll be saying oh thanks a lot mom." <laughs> but, but I had to stop after two. I mean I knew after one that I kind of it was like oh I have to go again because I don't want to have an only child and I feel for those people obviously who don't have that choice but I did had the second pregnancy and at the end of that it was like you just can't. You because just, they, I think you were saying like, there were you'd have flat Flashbacks about the memories. Oh, even even now I still do. You know those lovely programs that are beyond now about the Coomer, you know, C-U-M-H, babies being born and things like that. I can't watch them. I literally can't watch them. I will just feel like sad and and it it might sound a little bit dramatic, but a little bit cheated on the one hand because I didn't get that experience. And like to add to, you know, difficult pregnancies, my my first uh, birth was was fine. That, That went well and everything and went according to plan. But the aftermath was great. I won't go into too much detail, but the second birth went completely haywire and was absolutely terrifying and well, I was convinced I would die. So. Oh my God. Well, at least your kids, if they are listening, know what you went through. Oh, I, I remind them every day. And what do you make of Kate then saying that this is just mo- nothing more than a fashion fest and it's yeah, all about the well, coffee mornings and comparing styles and who's got the best buggy? Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of feel sorry for a little bit really because, you know, obviously she's got some sort of maybe issues of her own that this is concerning her that she feels she has to say this but like my thing would be like I'm so glad for her that she had a great pregnancy I'm doubly glad for her that she had a great birth she obviously had a great birth that she's back working out and she's in her size you know, eight, down yeah. for a size 8 and, and, I, and I'm delighted for that but I just would appeal to people like that to you know to just know that there are others out there and the thing is you mightn't see the others who are suffering because they physically can't go out now obviously at the moment it's different to COVID-19 my youngest daughter is, is going on 14 so it's years 
But like, I couldn't go out. I and mean, do you I, think I then on that basis of what we've been talking about, that there should be an extension to the maternity leave, paid maternity leave for three months because a baby's uh, born during lockdown? Well, I kind of, I suppose I have my own opinions on that then as well, because I'm self-employed and my husband is self-employed. And back in 2004 and 2006, when my kids were born, I wasn't entitled to any maternity leave, you know, and I couldn't physically work either. And I wasn't entitled to maternity leave because I was self-employed and then even because my yeah. husband was self-employed and things like that. So I would also then kind of, I would feel sorry for businesses who might be, like businesses aren't obliged to pay maternity leave. I know this because I, I I work in I work in accounts and stuff. But like, but in the UK the they do, you know. Oh yeah, but but like, so why don't we? So much, well, I mean, it is a huge expense. Like that, if if a small business has somebody who's pregnant and goes out on maternity leave, and then they have to rehire somebody else to fill the gap. I mean, it is obviously an expense, which now, if you're talking in present time now, is going to be well, an added expense. Yeah, but now, you'd I'm say sure the same in the UK, though. Yeah, but every employer would, I'm sure, if they could, because I know a lot of personal small businesses that, like, they love their employee, they want to keep them, but they physically can't pay the maternity leave. And did you, okay, they can't afford it. Just finally, before I let you go, have you heard of any women then who asked for an extension of unpaid leave and were refused it? No, no, not personally, but like that. I just read out a text from a woman who was refused it by work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't know of anybody personally, but I suppose if they were taking it unpaid, it seems that should be kind of fair enough. If they're, you know, they're not demanding the money, they're just demanding a bit more time with the child. But like, it could be with the child, it could be for their own mental health, it could be for their own physical health, okay. because I know that it took me, I, I still, as I say, have flashbacks when I think about my pregnancies and the births. I, you know, so like, and obviously then a lot of women would suffer from you know, um, postnatal depression and yeah. a bit of uh, PTSD too, if you ask me. <laughs> you know, because, I can understand um, when you talk about yeah. difficult childbirths, yeah. it could be a PTSD it, issue. Exactly, as well. exactly. And, it, you know, and I mean, it can be very hard then when you see, you know, beautiful young women out, you know, enjoying their pregnancies and enjoying their, their, you know the, the kids after it and everything and like the other thing is I remember people used to kind of say to me oh god I was the same sure I couldn't eat anything and you're kind of no you weren't because I remember you and you know you, you were out and about and things comparing war wounds I know alright yeah 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 Lucy, this, this uh, was actually like in, in hospital on a drip because you couldn't it's a different ballgame you know, entirely so. thanks so much yeah, a lot yeah. of food for thank thought thank you there. for your time no, and you're very good. Um, congratulations to all the new mums out there during COVID-19 and hope they're all doing well enough good <laughs> Stuff. Well said, thank you. I'll come back to calls and texts on this. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 1850104106. I wanted to get to this sooner, but thankfully I have an opportunity to do it now. I mentioned it earlier on. If anybody is in a bit of a quandary as to where you're at regarding the temporary wage subsidy scheme or the pandemic unemployment scheme, and as to whether as to or not you will have a tax bill, we can answer those questions for you now with Marion Ryan, the business development executive at taxback.com. Marion, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Sorry for holding you there. I appreciate you uh, hanging in there. Firstly, it's <laughs> been it's been so long now since we were talking. I was talking about this last. Just remind us again of the different payments and schemes that were available because I think there were like three, weren't there? 
Well, there's two, I suppose, two main ones. So the the first one that a lot of people would be aware of is the COVID pandemic unemployment payment. So that's the €350 per week that anyone that has lost their job since the 11th of March is entitled to there. That's the unemployment payment. And then the second type of payment is the the wage subsidy scheme, so the TWSS. And that is the subsidy that was bought in a couple of weeks later for employers in order to be able to keep people and work for employers that would have otherwise had to close the door without the subsidy. With the subsidy, they're able to keep people employed and keep them working. So that would be of varying amounts. It, kind of majority of people receive kind of 350 euros, but some people can receive up to 390 euros a week. Yeah. And I suppose the key thing is that people, a lot of people aren't aware that these are deemed as taxable income. So well, why would they be taxing somebody who lost their job? And was yeah. being given three hundred and fifty euro. You don't tax unemployment benefit. There is there, there is other social welfare payments that are taxable as well, and a lot of people don't re- realise it. So the um, job seekers benefit that would be into the taxable income, even though it's not deducted at source. The same there with illness benefit. So if you're out of work for a couple of weeks, sick, and you're getting illness benefit, that's also. I never knew taxable. that that there was a tax yeah. deducted before you get the unemployment benefit. Okay. No, it's not deducted at source. But what would happen is, say, if you're out for eight weeks or a couple of weeks during the year once you return to work then it would balance the books nearly in your tax credits for the, the remainder of the year you're okay. so the people who got the 350 payment right which yeah. would be the pandemic unemployment payment that was for somebody who lost their job um, are temporarily laid off yeah, so anyone that would have been temporarily laid off, so maybe it may be in a case when the country was in complete shutdown there from March until the, I think it was the 18th of May, people returned to work. Those people that were at home and temporarily laid off and they returned to work any time since then, okay. they would be taxable on it on that time frame. And it, it could be a case, it could be still on it there, and I know they're going to be extending it out. August they're, past, they're pushing it back further than August and they're coming up with new yeah. incentives to try and re-employ people and hire people and take on young staff and things like that. So yeah. in your research, nearly 60% of people who are either getting the uh, temporary wage subsidy or the POP as I call it, pandemic unemployment payment, they're not aware that there's tax due at the end of the year. Yeah, so we, what, we had a kind of thought coming from both angles. We would deal with employers a lot and we, we would deal with consumers a lot. So the employers were coming to us, I suppose, in the first case, just worried about their employees going, I don't think they realise that we're not deducting tax from this here. And then we decided to survey our, our consumers and from the, 50, the people that we surveyed, 57% of them weren't aware that there's a tax liability on it. Now, I suppose the first thing to kind of reassure people is those that are on the low incomes, below the income tax threshold, will largely unimpacted. What's that, 22 grand or less, is it? 16, it's about 16,500. So if you're below that there, you won't be, you won't have any PAYE bill. At the end of the year there, there will be an element of USC that will have to be paid on it there. It'll be about 0.5% up to 2%. So it wouldn't be huge. But the people that are going to get really hit by this, again, is the, the squeezed middle. So anyone kind of over the 35,000 euro mark in the year there, or anywhere upwards there, is going to look, be looking at a tax bill of about 1,300 euros. So anyone earning under regular normal times over 35 grand will have a tax bill come, what, December? December, yeah. So the way we were looking at it, and what it is, is the the COVID payment is the PUP is kind of straightforward enough. You'll see that you're only getting 350 euros a week, so that's less than what you were getting beforehand. But those working, say, on the 35,000 euro salary, and if their employer is making the, the top up for them, they might actually see a little bit more 
in their wages every week. Not a huge amount now, but it could be a euro or two. So they're not actually seeing any difference in their salary. So they're not anticipating this tax bill at the end of the ah, year. Ah, no. that's the tricky bit then. They're seeing the same amount or close yeah. on it to normal thinking that everything is normal, but there's a tax implication to it down the track. But you said exactly. in, in some of the paperwork that got, there could be upwards of just under 3,000 tax bill. Yeah, it could be. So it all depend on your total income for the year. So say if you were someone on a 50,000 euro salary goes, there, yeah. before, yeah. yeah, the tax bill, of course, you're going to be taxed at the higher rate on tax okay. on that and you'll have the higher rate to USD. So say somebody on a 50,000 euro salary, they could see a drop in their pay in the year. So they'll see a reduction in their pay, first of all. And then at the end of the year, they could have a tax bill there of about €2,000 on top of there. So it can have huge impacts for people. Oh, people need to be warned of this. But why aren't employers warning staff of this? Well, I suppose they are and they aren't. It was the first thing to say is that this isn't a criticism of the, the government or of the employers because the scheme was rolled out with such urgency back in March and it was, it, was, it was welcomed at the time but because it's not built into the PAYE Anytime system, there's no facility there for the employer to deduct tax from it and it, there's, they, it would have been kind of clear on the revenue website and stuff like that but like to be fair who looks at the revenue, web, the revenue website No but I mean again an email or a memo could have gone around to staff saying you are getting this payment blah 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 blah, blah but be aware that there is a, a potential payment yeah. of X amount at the end of the year And some employers would like some employers would have been proactive like that and would, it kind of comes back then to personal responsibility of each employer that like if you're a conscientious employer you would say to your staff look you're getting paid this it looks like you're getting the same amount but just to be aware there's no tax deducted from this so you're, you're going to have to make kind of arrangements for that for the end of the so year. So what happens uh, if people haven't been putting it aside? Is it, is it even too late now to be putting it aside? No, and to be honest, like the, the revenue aren't going to issue out red letters to everyone in January with, with a big bill saying you owe us 2,800 euros. What they'll most likely do is they haven't confirmed exactly what they're going to do, but what's most likely is they will do an old school kind of P21 balancing statement, like balance the books for the year. So they'll look at your total income for the year, including the COVID payments, look at the tax you've paid, and they'll determine then what what is outstanding there. And most likely what they'll do is they'll reduce your tax credits in 2021. They'll take it, going for, take it back going forward. Yeah, exactly. So it'll be like nearly an effective tax increase for people. They'll be paying a little bit more tax every week, so seeing a little bit less in their in their take-home pay along and the way. And what about people who never get back to work in the short term? They'll still have a tax, tax obligation, won't they? Yeah, so again, it'll come back to what their total earnings would be for the whole year combined. So if they're only working, say, January and February, and then they were on the, the COVID payments for the, the, remain, the remaining of the year, it's likely that their income probably won't exceed the 16,500 mark there. So the, the effect on them will be minimal. It's, it's those that will return to work or have returned to work that will see the impact of it there because but everyone... Even, ha- but, even, but even at that, people who return to work and there is a tax liability... They don't necessarily have to be putting money away. It will come out of their taxes from 2021, won't it? Exactly, yeah. So they're not going to get a demand for payment. So they're not going to get a letter saying you owe us €1,800. Yeah, exactly. So I suppose that the whole point of this is just to make people aware That's very important. of it and to make sure that they do, because a lot of people that are PAY employees, they never 
take any heed of their taxes. And rightly so, their employers do their taxes for them. But this year, more so than ever, it's important that they take into account any additional tax credits or expenses that they'll have that can try and reduce that impact. Therefore, I'll come to that, I'll come to that in a second because yeah. there are things you can claim. I know that's part of, uh, yeah. of your remit as well. But how would you ever get money back out of a part-time student who's parting across the summer on €350 Euro, uh, when really their part-time job was only eight hours a week? Yeah, well, they're probably going to fall into the cohort that are the under the sixteen thousand euros. So they're probably not going to have quite a. They could have a tax bill there of maybe so three that's four euros. Just a free yeah. ride, a free ride for them, party time. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. So I, I, I'll let you say that, Neil, not myself. But yeah, unfortunately, they're the. Well, they're the cohort as well that the the payment is going to be reduced. Because it has changed, hasn't it? For anybody over, yeah. explain that. Anybody over the two hundred and under the two hundred. Yeah, so they would have looked at your average earnings in 2019 and the first two months of 2020. And if your average earnings was below 199 euros per week over the, the two year kind of time frame there, the payment would be reduced down to 203 euros for them. And then if your average pay, weekly payment was above the 200 mark prior to that, it would remain at 350. So what they're trying to do is they're just trying to balance the books there. I know a lot of people would, would say, oh, people got a free rise there along the way for the last couple of months but I suppose that the numbers that are relatively small compared to the one million people that have received some sort of payment so I think this is just kind of a way to, to make it more make it more fair going forward for people but to make sure that people still do get a payment because their their opportunity think, even to, to work has been taken from them. Yeah, yeah. I think that the figure you were saying that the temporary wage subsidy figure was 550,000 um, mm. the pulp was 517,000 people on top of that all of the mm-hmm. other welfare payments that were paid there was well over 1.2 or 1.3 million claiming wasn't there yeah exactly so I know we all we've all heard of stories of somebody's child that worked one hour a week in a shop and now they're getting 350 euro, euros a, a week it, it like it's it, the, the number relatively when you think about 1.2 million people it, it's not that many people that would be there the, the payments were very necessary and welcome but they couldn't have come people. up with that scenario the over and under 200 at the start no Probably, probably, but I suppose there was such panic in March to, to make sure that people got payments and the anomalies were to, to rise. So I suppose I'm not, I'm not here myself to, to criticise the government or the, or the former It had to happen government. fast, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, there are ways, particularly people who've been working at home, um, where you can get some tax back, isn't that right? Yeah, so I suppose that that's the first one that we want to bring to people's attention is there's a thing called e-worker relief. So like like myself, I've been back working at home now since the 11th of March and not sure when I'll see the office again there, but there's a lot of employees like ourselves that are, their permanent place of work now has become their, their front room or their, their spare room. So if you're working from home and there's a formal agreement in place from your employer, so what that means is it can't be someone that's just decided to take home their additional work after their nine to five. It's someone that has been sent to work from home. Your employer can make you a payment of up to three euros twenty a day tax free to cover your additional expenses and costs. That's tax free, so it's not subject to PRSI, POI, or USB. A lot of employers aren't making that. It's not mandatory, so it, there's a lot of employers that again would have been in a panic in March to get just get people home there so there's a lot not paying it the only ones that would really be paying it are ones that would, would have had people working from home prior to this so if your employer isn't making that payment to you there's what's called e-worker relief that can be claimed now it's not as substantial as the three euros 20 a day but basically you can claim a tax relief on your additional utility bills um, say like your heating your electricity your wi-fi for the time frame that you're working from home how much now, of the heating electricity and wi-fi 
third, um, maybe a third of it? It works that, you know, it's actually only 10% that you can get back, uh, tax relief on. And even at that, it has to be apportioned to the number of days. So say, for example, if we took someone that your utility bills for 2020 were 2,000 euros, yeah. 366 days in the year, 240 working days if we're working the 48 weeks. When you work the numbers down, it would be a value of about 56 euros for someone if they're on the higher rate of tax and a value of about 26 euros for someone on the lower rate okay, of tax. Okay, well that's kind, of, that's kind of peanuts, but the 320 yeah. a day, five days a week um, for a 12-month period adds up to a handy wedge, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. So what we're actually campaigning for at the moment, and we, we've no idea whether the, the government will take, take us up on a day, but what we're hoping to get them to introduce it's a flat rate expense for e-working so at the moment there's flat rate expenses out there for about 200 different occupations if you're a doctor you get one if you're a nurse if you work in retail and basically it's additional tax credit based solely on your occupation there so we'd be hoping that the the new government would look at maybe introducing something similar to the three euros 20 a day in a flat rate expense there so it would help reduce people's tax bills at the end of the year and it would have a monetary and do you have all of these tips and hints on on your website? We do, we do. Or what even might be best for people is if they want to give us a call or get, get in touch with us and we can actually talk to someone about their own specific circumstances. So if it's someone that's receiving the, the wage subsidy, their circumstances are going to be different to someone that's actually on the, the PUP payment. So if they want to get in touch with us, we can kind of guide them and kind of get them prepared for the end of the year. They can also review the previous years because a lot of people haven't looked into it. So we'd be telling people yeah. now to look at 16, 17, 18 and 19. There may be overpayments there that can be used to offset against the, the 2020 tax bill. Oh, I like which means it. that yeah. yeah, it means your credits then next year won't be. What we want to do is try and reduce the impact for people. And these are all tax credits and expenses that people are entitled to. It's just they're not aware of and they haven't... They're entitled, but you have to go looking for them kind of thing, isn't exactly, it? Exactly, yeah. yeah. The tax office aren't going to, to ring you and say, well, look, we had a look at you there. We think you might actually be entitled <laughs> to, to additional tax credits there. They give you what, what you claim, but it's up to people to kind of know themselves. So could there, be up, uh, could there be in and around 800 to a grand in there a year kind of thing? Yeah, well, not maybe a year. So say the average refund we would find for people over the four years would be about 1,100 euros. That's all right if you didn't know you were getting it. Yeah, so if you get that for the last four years, that can make a huge dent on the the potential 1,300 euros that you might owe for for 2020. And especially things like medical expenses, a lot of people overlook them. But every time you go to the doctor, any time you have a prescription for your, go to the physio or consultant, it's 20% of that that you're due back or if you had to get braces for for the kids there that's an expense of thousands of euros more so when you say when you yeah when okay orthodontics and things but when you say medical expenses that's the doctor visit and the prescription yeah any medical so anthem basically but the the legal term it is that that's prescribed by a doctor so your doctor visit itself if the doctor then prescribes that you you go on to an antibiotic that's deductible there as well you think like medical medical devices so say someone has a hearing aid that's tax deductible as well there. When I say tax deductible, you either get a reduction in your, your tax credits or you could even get a refund. In it all adds up there. though, you know, don't be dumping the receipts, think twice. Exactly, so we kind of try to look at it as building blocks, like even the, the e-worker relief, it's a small amount, but if you take that into account and take into account the medical expenses, changes in circumstances. So the year that someone gets married is a really important year for their taxes generally they're entitled to tax refund that year and joint assessment is always really beneficial for people people are still kind of reluctant to go jointly assessed I think it's an old school thing where people are like oh I don't want to give all my credits 
to my husband or vice versa. But there's money in it. Yeah, but you can get the married tax credits are exactly double what a single person ones are and you can be married and jointly assessed with everything 50-50 and nobody has to take anyone's tax credits. I see people rushing out now for getting involved in arranged marriages and all sorts of things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they just... Here's a typical example for maybe just to to finish. I'm on the government subsidy payment uh, and I'm someone who was getting paid the same amount all through lockdown, still working 40 hours. Will I be taxed? I earn under 30 grand. If you're under 30, so just here looking at my figures there, they will. So I would imagine if they are still getting the same amount into their pocket, their employer is probably paying the top up, a little bit of the top up there for them as well. I'd imagine their impact they'll probably see very little change in their net pay and I'd imagine tax bill would be in around kind of 400, 500 euro mark. Now that's a very broad... There you go, okay. okay. Yeah, so I don't want to give anyone, I don't want to frighten anyone by saying that or like that, the, all the calculations that we've done is based on just standard tax credits. So your POI tax credit and your employer tax credit. There may be other, that's what I'm saying, that would be kind of nearly worst case scenario. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I know, I know that people are dropping off the temporary wage subsidy scheme because they're going back to work and others are yeah. dropping off the pandemic unemployment payment. But the 200 plus and the 200 minus, you know, the 350 and the 203, that's already mm-hmm. kicked in, is it? That change has happened, has it? Yeah, it was the end of, I think the end of last week, the 29th of June, so okay. it was a week or so ago. Okay. So yeah, so anyone getting their payments this week, they, they may potentially have seen a drop. And can I ask just amount. on a personal note, do you, have, you, have you enjoyed working from home, I wonder, Marion, or is it something that you want to see the back of? Uh, it has its pros and cons. I, I live in, I'm working in Kilkenny and I'm from Tipperary, so I have over an hour of commute usually a day, so now I'll save two hours in the day, but I suppose I miss the social aspect. That's so. interesting. It's a yeah. trade-off, isn't it? There's pros yeah. and cons to both. Yeah, I think a lot, okay, we're lucky in our place, they haven't... Um, no pressure on you can, anyone to You can do the job the just as productive. Some people say that they're more yeah. productive from home. Yeah, I suppose then there's the flip side then is you're never you're never out of the office fully. <laughs> so right. even though like when the office working day finishes at five thirty, you still have the idea of that email looming over you that's there's pros and cons to everything, but look we're lucky we were lucky that we were able to, to work as well from home and we didn't have to go on to the wage subsidy or anything like that. So. Oh, thank, thank you so much yeah. for clarifying as much as I've had time to do with you. If people want to follow up, it's obviously www.taxback.com. Is there phone numbers on that website as well? Yeah, so what might be easier as well for people is if they want to text the word money, so that's M-O-N-E-Y, to 50400, that's the free text number, and that'll bring them straight to us and we can give them a call back. Text the word money to 50400. Yeah, and we well, can give them a call back. Okay, right, thanks great, great, thank you for the clarity, Marion. Take care of yourself. Tagsback.com. Lines open one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. There's interesting research just out there recently. I was reading uh, this morning, which says that twenty seven percent of Irish people lie to their partners about finances. They are likely to lie about their financial situation. Apparently, men more likely to do so than women. Um, and apparently, four out of five Irish people surveyed said they favour financial stability over an active sex life. Back after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. Okay, um, I will be finishing up with shout outs. And of course, we have a three course meal for four of you with a bottle of champagne and a round of cocktails. Don't drink and drive. It's worth over 300 euro courtesy of ourselves and Clancy's to do. We've been doing it all week and last week as well. So you and your three friends, four of you can be wined and dined in style in Clancy's 
in the heart of the city. We also have the Oak Fire Pizzas to do. We'll do some shout-outs on that. And family passes for Spike Island to take the family off for a day in Spike. And give yourself a good half day out there because it's well worth the trip. So all that just before midday today. With us to Barry Cowan, um, the judge gave Barry Cowan three months off the road. Wouldn't it be interesting to see what sentences he handed out or she handed out for the five drunk driver convictions before Mr. Cowan? And then to see what he had done for the five drink driving convictions after Mr. Cowan. Then we could see if there was any favoritism, says Jim. Interesting that you assume that the judge was male. Uh, just on Barry Cowan, it is also illegal to drive on a motorway with a provisional license. Did he get charged for that too? I presume it was the Dublin to Cork motorway that he was stopped on. Don't know what road. I think he might have been heading to the Midlands. So I don't know if it would have been the Cork Dublin. Might have been a proportion of it. But uh, how is he getting to work all of the time if he wasn't able to drive on a motorway? The last guy speaking, Neil, is totally correct in everything he said. Well said, Seamus. The country is a laughing stock to the rest of Europe when they see stories like this. Morning. You have to remember that some people have renewed provisional licenses many times just because it's so costly now to even pass a test. Yeah, but it's it's a, it's it's not a right, really. It's a privilege, isn't it? And you need to learn the rules of the road. You need to do your tests. You need to be shown to be a proficient driver. Surely you'd want to do it anyway because your insurance, technically, it, doesn't, it comes down, doesn't it? I don't know if anybody's car insurance does anymore, but it used to come down when you got a full license. But I was curious to hear what Christina Donnelly thought of uh, Barry Khan's scenario because uh, her son Brendan and his friend Lee and I've spoken to Christine on a number of occasions in the past they lost their lives in a horrific accident it was the 26th of October 2009 a day she will never forget they were travelling from Waterford up to Cork Airport they were heading off to Amsterdam uh, and a 29 year old drove like a tornado up the wrong side of the road tanked up on a cocktail of alcohol and cocaine, caused a head-on collision just outside Castle Martyr with the car which Brendan and Lee were travelling in. He is who he had consumed. 11 cans and bottles of beer, 7 pints of beer, 2 vodkas, 3 shots of aftershock and a line of cocaine before attempting to drive home after a row with his wife. Uh, he was jailed for five years, disqualified from driving for 15 years, but served just three years and five months. Um, and I suppose that never goes away from a mother. You are always grieving. Um, but, you know, when stories make the news then regarding, say, for instance, a politician, one wonders, has any lesson been learned at all? Now, he did say, Barry Cowan did say, thankfully, he didn't crash, maim or kill anybody. Uh, I don't know what consolation that comes to a grieving mother, but let us find out. Christina Donnelly joins me by phone. Christina, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Um, I'm well, but I'm curious as to what you make of all of this. Yes, um, I have uh, been making comments on this. And um, uh, as I appreciate you say there, you know, uh, dear Brendan and his friend um, uh, were killed on the road um, with... uh, a massive amount of alcohol been taken and cocaine by the other driver. Mm-hmm. But that does not take away from the fact that, you know, you do not get into a car uh, with drink and then proceed to drive. And also on a learner permit, um, the fact is, you know, I've been reading uh, quite a bit that it was a, he said that it was a serious, serious lapse of judgment and it was a stupid, stupid mistake to make. Well, my my opinion is that it wasn't a mistake because if, if it was a mistake, uh, you know, that that's something in everyday life. But he would have known and fully been aware of the hard work that all, all road safety campaigners, RSA, everybody um, above and beyond were striving to, um, you know, uh, 
yeah. abide by the law and not get in behind the wheel. Do of you think it's any defence at all that somebody would say it was two pints? I had him before a match, was there for the entire no. match, had food afterwards, no. and thought it was out of my system. No, no, because the fact is that um, drink driving was very much in the forefront as it is now, but then as well. And the fact that, you know, it's my opinion, he, he it wasn't a lapse of judgment. Um, he knew that he had drank, he was getting into his car and he was going to drive as well as on the learner premise, which is a, um, a second offence. And he was going to drive, you know, on, on very, very, very busy roads, you know, from uh, the match back down to Offaly, yeah. which I presume would be Tullamore. So, um, you know, even a couple of pints to any man, they would tell you, even after a pint, some men, if they're tired or even been to a match, you know, they can feel quite tired and drowsy. Maybe if you have the heat on the car, you know, lots of things. And the couple of know, pints will, uh, accentuate, will accentuate that, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely accentuate that. And not alone did he put himself in danger, but he seriously put um, other drivers on the road in danger as well. And You um, could nod off, you're right. It. You could nod off, yeah, that's true. You, you, absolutely, yeah, you could. I mean, it seems, it seems quite simplistic to say that, but it's an absolute fact if you're in the car. You know, anybody <laughs> would tell you that, and, 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 and they're tired, even if they're in the passenger seat, they're not off. But the fact that um, it was a 200 euro fine and um, the three months off the road. But I don't believe for one moment that um, uh, some of his colleagues in Dublin did not know about that. And it only came to the forefront, uh, as Mayor Martin said, that he only found out about it. And that he said, you know, it was um, an error of judgment on his side. He There was a lot of errors of judgment, really, wasn't there? One was the being was done for drink driving. Secondly, for having a provisional license. And thirdly, for being done for speeding three months previous to it. Absolutely. And I mean, I mean, you know what? I think what's getting the goal of a lot of people that I've been speaking with as well is the fact that, you know, it's one law for one and one law for the other. You know, I mean, for, for, for example, I don't mean to keep you, had, uh, we'll just say a road safety campaigner, any road safety campaigner, campaigner or perhaps somebody from the RSA been caught in the same situation, I guarantee you that would have been on the paper and it would have been on national news. Mm. So, to Road me, safety campaign are done for drink driving, uh, yeah, yeah. Yes, I, I do believe that. And um, it was swept under the carpet because the drive would have been needed to get um, Barry Cowan from A to Z. So, I mean, somebody's going to ask, why are you not driving? You can't say you can't get his car fixed. Because that's very I true. Don't mean How could it have been missed? I, yeah, that's a good yeah, point. Yeah, I, I don't mean this in, in, in a disrespectful or blatant manner, but, I mean, you can't say, well, it's in the garage. I mean, because he would have been more than in a position to get another car. So, lots of little issues, I think, are really getting under the skin of a lot of people. And it wasn't expected to to uh, come to the forefront at this time. And I think that, you know... Um, uh, I think it was very wrong at the time because it was a cover-up because somebody knew that, you know, especially up there in, in, in Dublin. Somebody bound to have known. What happened. Yeah. And and, yeah, so and, does and that make it a sacking offence or does it make it... Here's a question for you. Is it a sacking offence? Is it a resignation offence? Or should we have forgiveness for somebody who's contrite and knows they've made a terrible mistake? Uh, you know what? I think um, at the time... And with previous offences, this is a very serious issue. With serious offences, I mean, um, I, 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 I just don't uh, take in that, you know, holding your hands up now is good enough. 
you know, um, and I don't think the statements he, he has been making were good enough because the fact is that he has, I'm getting off the gist of your question, but in actual fact, he got caught and now he's feeling sorry for, for himself like any other driver would because he didn't think he would. Or perhaps, maybe it's wrong of me to say, if he got caught, perhaps could be waved on because people would have, would have recognised him, mm. but he was one of the cars that got stopped. Um, mm. Is it a sacking offence, a resignation offence? Um, I think that, in my opinion, again, I think it is a sacking offence, and I'm not trying to mm. uh, to, to to really beat somebody as, as to say whether down because he's had a lot of serious family issues to deal with as well, as we all know, with his brother being so ill. But I think that, um, yes, it is a sacking offence because it was brushed under the carpet. He had he had other offences. And, I mean, any member of the public, like yourself or myself, we have to lead by example. So if you have somebody in a position in Dublin that has previous offences, and particularly the most serious of all, drink driving and uh, saying it's a lapse of judgment and he's very sorry, I don't think that's good enough because, um, you know, as I say, uh, he didn't think that anybody would find out about it and uh, it wasn't just a, it wasn't a speeding ticket. So, uh, if he'd yeah, held his hand up and said, listen, I have a story to tell you, would that have been different? I think I think at the time, if if he had owned up and um, you know said, look, th- uh, spoke to his superiors and said, this is what's happened, and before it gets into the public domain, I think you know better to make a statement. I think maybe people would have looked at it differently, mm. but the fact that it was hidden away, mm. putting the closet, the keys thrown away, until now it's wrong. But getting back to to Barry Cowan himself, I think that. Um, uh, there are no excuses, no excuses whatsoever. And the fact that he had previous offences and the fact that um, this was a, a very serious offence with regard to drink driving on such a long distance, on such a busy, busy motorways. I think it was, um, I just uh, uh, personally said that it was absolutely shocking. And I think basically he ought to be very much ashamed of himself because um, really by example, and for somebody in his position, he should certainly have been leading by example. Okay. But it makes people feel very different, I think, different views about it. Again, about well, certainly for somebody who's lost a loved one to a drunk driver, for sure it does. And you know, why, well, it, you know, it, it gives people a very, very, very um, a dim aspect and view about what goes on above there in Dublin and what is brushed under the carpet. I won't mince my words because, you know, those that knew and, and it, people knew up there, you know, don't worry about it, you paid your fine blah blah it's gone away nobody has found out about that well you see it did come out and um, I don't for one minute believe that uh, nobody knew about it and they're as much to blame as he is Okay Christina thank you so much for taking the call I appreciate it as always You're very welcome thank you for calling me Christina Donnelly uh, mother of uh, 24 year old son who was 24 at the time Brendan uh, Donnelly and his uh, friend Lee Salkild. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. We'll pick it up after the break. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. Eighteen fifty one zero four one zero six. And that's the deal. You can get in touch with us even when we're off the air. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. You can also follow me on Instagram. It's very straightforward. And also, I'm taking some shoutouts and requests, and uh, also giving away prizes on the Instagram page as well. So we have Oak Fire Pizza vouchers to give away. Uh, thank you to them. We also must open the phone lines for yet another three-course meal for four with a bottle of Moe champagne and a round of cocktails 
uh, worth up to 300 euro and you can use that prize for you and your friends at Clancy's in the heart of the city since 1824. You can book in advance if you want to go there, clancyscork.ie, but we'll send you there and uh, you'll have a really great time. Three course meal for four, champagne and cocktails. So let's get that done. Also, some family passes for Spike Island right now on one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. A family pass to me is two adults, two children, one adult, three children. We'll have a great day. So we'll give away a half a dozen of those and tomorrow we'll give away some more and then photo wildlife park and the city jail, Blarney Castle, uh, Yaw Clock Tower, the Cove Heritage Centre down to see the fantastic Heritage Centre that's going from strength to strength year in, year out and an opportunity to ring the Shandon bells between now and Friday as well. My sincerest apologies. I have quite an amount of special occasional requests and shout-outs, but I've run out of time, so I'm going to pick up on that, on that in the morning. My apologies for that. Also, as regards to the tracking app, I'll touch base on that as well and all other calls and comments that I didn't get to this morning. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.